What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO Volume 2, Episode 4. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the OK Beast, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. What's up, Greg? We're going to have open some champagne. Bless. Oh, some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you saw me start to open it before the, in the pre-show there, yes. and you were like, wait a second, we have a new one? Of course we have a new one, Blessing. Wow. Do you understand what kind of day today is? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very crazy day we're having. Is it crazy? It's or a crazy is it historic? Day. It's a historic day, you know for I mean? sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a day to celebrate, for sure. It oh sure my God. is. Of course. And you can't have just one bottle of champagne when Patapon 2 Remastered officially has a release date, everybody. If you're just if you didn't watch Games Daily and you've been living under a rock, everybody, after 782 days since we last saw it, Patapon 2 PS4 arrives Thursday, January 30th. Uh, Patapon 4 Remastered is what it's called now. It'll cost you 15 bucks, 14.99, as I've pointed out, five dollars cheaper than when I reviewed it on PSP back in the day. Wow! So this is the cheapest you've ever had it, and uh, it's the highest res it's been. The highest res, 4K, all four of the Ks are here. You know what I mean? Maybe when we get to PS5, we'll have uh, 8Ks, but until then, who knows? Give cheers. me cheers there. Cheers. To Pat Upon and your health. Mission accomplished. Uh, you know, what I want to do, of course... Uh, well, first off, first impressions up right now. Mm-hmm. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, Gamescast podcast feed. You can go there. You can watch me play. Blessing asked me questions for the first 30 minutes. And we had an yeah. exclusive on this, everybody. I know it's hard to believe that Greg Miller and Patapon so synonymous that PlayStation would give me the exclusive on it. Wow. Exclusive on it. I know. It's totally wild. <laughs> uh, Blessing asked me questions. I ignore him because you can't play Patapon to talk to somebody. Yeah. Rhythm games. Very hard to talk yeah. and play with. And I realized while I was watching gameplay, I was like, I have no idea what's going on in this game. Yeah? <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, because it's, I mean, it's a rhythm game, but it's also like very, it's a very peculiar, unique, like, you have like 2D, like, uh, eyeball-looking creatures. Richard the Bat writes into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, what the fuck is a Patapon? And why do we need two of them? Seriously, I've never played the first one. I'm thinking about picking up the second one because of how you scream about it, but please explain what the fuck it is. Thanks. I appreciate all you do. Blessing, continue. Explain Patapon. Yeah, so, like, you know, looking at it, like, on face level, face value, right, I look at Patapon and I see, like, two seconds of gameplay and I'm like, oh, it's a rhythm game. You, like, press the buttons to the beat. I get this game. Right, and during the first impressions, the thirty minutes long pr- first impressions, twenty minutes in, I was like, I have no idea what this game is. Yeah, because you like you pointed out like some like um, some like progression stuff going on in oh, terms yeah. of like you know you're unlocking stuff, you're building up your pat upon army, you're unlocking different types of troops and all this stuff, and I was like, I didn't know there were troops in this game. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that like you control the pets in the ponds and like all the rhythm stuff going on. Yeah. So you tell me like. You know, somebody who knows nothing. What is Patapon? I mean, Patapon, yeah, is a PSP franchise. Three installments were made. Obviously, uh, Patapon PS4 Remastered is already out. Now we have mm-hmm. Patapon 2 coming out this week. The idea here, yeah, is that for the base, and this changes a bit for three, but for the basics, right, and the ones that matter in Patapon 2, you are the god to this Patapon tribe. These eyeball creatures walking around doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And without you, they are completely lost. So you have to tell them where to march, to fight, to retreat from battle, to run into battle, to power up, do all these different things. And the way you communicate is through drums. And so each one okay. of the face buttons is a d- different drum. Mm-hmm. And using those face buttons, you come up with four beat combinations that, in fact, tell them what to do. Gotcha. And so you saw us, you know, basically in the, you know, from the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. we had the walk command, we had the attack command. Gotcha. And which one is walk? Which one is square walk, circle? Com- uh... It's pat a pat a pat upon to walk. 
gotcha. and then pawn, pawn, pass oh, pawn. Oh, okay. So you're combining, you're you're comboing like button inputs. Correct. For like one yeah, you man. mix and match to make recipes basically. Gotcha. Then, then, okay. Then go fight. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And so as you saw, yeah, it's on. You know, it's on a. I don't know. It's on a beat for sure. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a rhythm. Fourths, is that what you call it, Kevin? Yeah, one and two yeah. and three and, and four, and four and one and two and three and four. Yeah. And so you give yours, you give your four yeah. buttons square, on beat. Square, square, circle. And, and then that's they command. respond. So if you went pata, 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 pawn, mm-hmm. they would go pata, 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 pawn while they moved. Gotcha. And so then after their four, you jump back in with your four and mm. you keep it going. And so, like, you know, you get fever like I was showing you, which is your combo meter, right, that you've done all the perfect combinations you're hitting it right on beat everything's great mm. and then as you continue to get be perfect that it, 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 that keeps increasing it, you do more damage in your attacks you move farther with your attack you, mm. with your walk commands whatever you soup every one of the inputs you put in gotcha but if you fuck it up it falls apart yeah this game is way more complicated than i give it credit right. for oh yeah totally yeah. and then like i'm telling you like that's the just the moment to moment gameplay outside of that is the overarching world and rpg that's on top of it of yeah building out like you know for me i have specific you have, you have different classes you don't take them all into battle like you select what platoon of troops you want to take and mm-hmm. so like maybe you want archers maybe you want uh spear guys maybe you want the up close and personal attackers with their axes and stuff and everybody has you know pros and cons and then you have to mix and match to find the suit you want for general stuff and then also for the it's mainly not even for what you want as much as the situation calls for Okay. So, like, it'll be that when you're hunting, you don't want guys who are going to run up there and use axes and swords because they have to get on top of the animal. So mm-hmm. as they get closer, the animal gets alerted that they're there and they, it runs away. You want, you want ranged dudes that are throwing stuff in from afar. The animal never sees it. It hits him. You kill him. You get your meat or resource that you come back to make new weapons, make new armor, mm-hmm. level people up, increase you know the evolution trend. Yeah, and this is the type of game that you could play for, you're talking about, like, 100 hours, right? 100%. there's, like, stuff that you can upgrade over time and stuff that you can chip away at. And there's all sorts of, you know, like, it's funny to, when we got Patapon remastered and I became the first person in the world to platinum it. No big deal. Check PSN profiles, everybody. Uh yeah, having guides and going off of them, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to look up stuff specifically to get those trophies. That was stuff I didn't even do. But I never even did in my original Patapon playthrough. Like, you know what I mean? I went through and played a very specific way and enjoyed it. But since there was nothing making me go outside my comfort zone, I played a very specific way. And so learning things even then, you know, about how things are and how rare spawns work and what you have to do in this to get mm-hmm. this to spawn at the end that you need to get this certain crazy thing. So I asked you during the stream if you're going to get the platinum in this yeah. game. Now, I said, is it confirmed there is a platinum yes, for a remaster? Of course. Too? Okay. <laughs> First thing I checked once I got it installed. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And you're going, you're going for it. 100. You're going to be Got- the first. You to saw do it. Well, I don't that's know. That's plan. that's the problem. That's your that's your goal. I don't know. Well, because you see, now that I've said anything about it, the target's on my back. Yeah. You know what I mean? I used to be able to just you know blend in with the crowd with this Patapon business. Who knows? Also, it turns out not as many people care about Patapon as me. But the thing, of course, is that I have this head start. Right. <coughs> first off, I don't even know if review codes are out to everybody. Right. Mm. But if they are, nobody cares. You know what yeah. I mean? Everybody's, everybody's out there thinking that they're better than it. I see these people at IGN and GameSpot not reviewing the f- first Pat Upon Remastered. Uh, I just got to worry about Thursday when the game gets out to everybody else. Yeah. So I don't know. This is you know, I, I, We have a life. We have a, you know work to do here. I don't know how much I want to get to play at home, start grinding. I'm going to try. I'm, I have all intents I believe in you. I'm, think, I'm definitely you getting the platinum. Okay. okay. I'll tell 100%. you. I, well, you know what? Well, what are we even talking about? Because <laughs> here's the thing. Like, you can play. I'm willing to take on... The Greg Miller responsibilities. I'm willing to be, re- to be Greg Miller for a oh, week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, that you yeah. have the time to platinum this game. Wow. At, I appreciate at, that. Yeah. Anything you know I mean? anything so I can boss around Tim and Nick. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And they need it, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, I'm looking at the trophies right now. You can go to my, they're up. You can check out my PSN profile. I'm sure they're up on everywhere else then, too, though. Obviously, they would be. They'd be on Exophase. I digress. Um, perform the Miracles. That's fine. Complete level three of the mini games. Those are tough, but I didn't pat up on one. So that's not going to be impossible. You know what I mean? Um, 
Yeah, perform. I mean, the one you saw me get that silver with performed 15 consecutive songs while in fever mode. Mm -hmm. That's 15 consecutive songs in fever mode, ladies and gentlemen, while I'm being interviewed on a live stream about the game. All right? So let's not look bad. You know, raise a rare pawn to level 10. That's going to take some time. Um, defeat a level 5 boss without losing any troops. Also difficult. All right. But again, it's more the idea of like how powerful my team is when it gets there. There's a lot here, though. More diverse than last time, it looks like, too. So there's a lot to you know do. Um, attainable, though. Attainable, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take time. It's going to take some work. But I'll put in the time, and I'll put in the work. Don't worry. For a, like a base playthrough, if I didn't want it to be a completionist, how long does it take to beat Patapon? Or do you even beat Patapon? Yeah, you beat Patapon. There's okay. a story to it, and you beat it. Um, okay. Like I said, I've noticed today in the blog post I'm talking about it saying there's more than 30 levels, being very clear about that. Mm -hmm. And then in my PSP review for my gen we were reading uh, earlier today, I was saying it took me 40 hours, right? And I, But I, in the review, I admit that I went and grinded a bunch of stuff. Okay. So, like, I mean, I'm, you know... What I'm talking about, a game from 2009 that I haven't played a playthrough of since then. Mm. But I would think that somewhere, probably, or I mean, I must have been being obsessive about it to do 40 the way yeah. I did it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm considering it. I'm, I'd be down to try it out. Yeah. I want to play it. Cause you it should seems, definitely try it. Especially after, the, after now understanding like what you're doing. Because sure. watching the gameplay, I was like, I. I want to. I, I want to think I understand what's going on, but the more I watch it, the more I just don't get what's happening. Yeah, and so yeah. now that I know it's like, oh yeah, each command, each combination is a command. Yeah, that makes way more sense to what, to what I was watching. Oh, it seems really cool. It is really cool. Patapon Two Remastered, very cool. Out Thursday, January thirtieth. Pick it up. Um, I want to thank everyone out there for putting up with me for years talking about Patapon and then being so supportive. It's been amazing today, as the news broke and the tweet and the blog and the articles on different sites, having people non-stop all day at me and include me and then put me in the comments of these articles and different sites that probably don't want to talk about greg miller that's amazing but of course there's a whole laundry list of people to thank uh for this happening obviously a dream come true for me i want to start of course with the man himself shuhei yoshida you know what i mean for years and years and years right i've been sending people his way telling them to beg shu for it shu hates us for this that's the reason we won't get it i gave him a good ribbing in december when it looked like it got leaked you know what i mean that mm. he couldn't get it done of course shu's been amazing uh thank you so much shu for putting up with that thank you of course herman hulse you know what i mean new head honcho here of worldwide studios getting in there cracking some heads making it happen actually getting out there thank you to japan studio of course playstation japan studio over there uh, a first party making this work with pyramid of course back in the day but continue to work on this but more importantly of course a big fuck you to Corey barlock who had the fucking power this entire time to make this happen you know what i mean this there's a, you know you when you they say when you get to the top you kick the ladder back down you help up the next guy Corey Barlog finally makes it to the top of the pyramid. What does he do? Keeps the ladder to himself. Makes a documentary about himself. In the fucking documentary, shows a PS4 debug running Patapon 2 remastered. Does no help. Doesn't help get it out to anybody. Doesn't use any of his pull. Coward! Coward, Barrett! You know what I mean? That's the thing, Corey. I know you like to think that just because you made my favorite game of all time, God of War now, you get a free pass around here. It's going to be hard fucking times when you show up to show god of war 2 oh All right? wow hard times and you know what i mean Corey, I, I i'm on your side man you haven't even met Corey. you don't know what I'm he's not. like nobody but knows i would the like real to Corey. be Corey someday i'm a big fan Corey. you never will at this point you never will at this point all right I, I will be if you want to hire me to work on your PR nope don't team. do that definitely don't do that please <laughs> <laughs> everybody really likes him uh this is psi love you xoxo each and every tuesday blessing and i come to you to talk about 
nerdy old PlayStation news and information. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash games. You can go there, give us your questions, comments, concerns, and everything under the PlayStation sun. You can even watch us record the show live on Monday. You can get it ad-free, and you can get it with the exclusive post-show we do day in, day out here. Well, I guess week in, week out, but that's how it all works. Uh, if you have none of those options at your disposal, no big deal. Don't want to toss us any bucks, even though we're doing a good job. I understand. You can go to YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames, RoosterTeeth.com, podcast services around the globe each and every Tuesday morning, and get the show there. Uh, it has ads, and um, it also doesn't have that post show. You know what I mean? A lot of people like that post show bus. It's a good post show. I keep hearing show. about it. Well, yeah. I, we don't know about this one. Not I, yet. I assume this one will be all right. Yeah, the last... Four, three? The last three have been last good. The last three have been real good. They've been yeah. bangers, you know what I mean? For sure. Um, look, Hold on a second. I want to check something. All right, cool. You know, you do that thing where I built this dock yesterday. I was mm. so ahead of the game for you left behind. Build it yesterday. Or build yeah. it Friday, actually. Really? And so I wanted to make sure nothing had changed. Nothing has changed. Um, heads up and a shout out again and a round of applause to all of you. The PSI Love You XOXO sweatshirt we talked about and debuted last week is sold out completely. Last wow. time we did this, uh, like a f- most of the sizes were out. Mm-hmm. Now everything's gone. None of these exist anymore. Jeez. We put in a reorder. Uh, it's supposed to be in the next couple weeks they'll be there, so stay tuned to all of our social media platforms. We'll tell you about that. Um, today we're brought to you by our sponsor, Postmates, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's start with what you're playing. Bless. What you playing? I can go two directions right now. Oh, I like this. Do you want me to talk about Doom Eternal, which I previewed? Mm. Or should I talk about GTA Online, which I've been addicted to for the last week? Let's start with Doom Eternal, because okay. I know you did a First Impressions for that yes. as well, but I didn't get the chance to watch it. Yeah, so we did a, a First Impressions video on Doom Eternal, if you want to check that out, on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. Uh, that game is going to be really good when it comes out. Like that That's game- my thing, is all the all the scuttlebutt previews I saw from like Game of the Year. Yeah, yeah. no, and legit, like that's the thing that, because both me and Imran went to the same preview event, and that was the thing that Imran said when we were talking about it on the First Impressions stream, was that, like, yeah, like this game is going to be a Game of the Year contender, and in my mind... I kind of dismissed it off the idea that, like, yeah, but, like, Cyberpunk 2077, did I get that right? 2077. 2077. I don't yeah. know why, for some reason, I was like, that year it seems too soon. 2099 um, sounds better, but it's Spider-Man. Yeah. But, yeah, like, Cyberpunk is coming soon. Last of Us Part 2 yeah, is sure, coming, yeah. coming Huge out Huge year soon. for games. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, Doom Eternal. Like, it's going to be incredible, but is it going to be Game of the Year? And the more I've kind of you know, had time to kind of sit with it and kind of, like, think about my time with Doom Eternal and the things that I liked about it and even, like, read other impressions and stuff. Like, the more, I, the more I'm like, man, that game, that demo is really good. Yeah. Like, Doom, Doom 2016 already is probably my favorite first-person shooter campaign Holy of shit. the generation. Yeah. And all of the things they did in Doom Eternal to kind of step uh, step that franchise forward, I think, are they all they made all the right decisions specifically my favorite my favorite thing they added was the dash so if you press circle now you do like a dash move yeah. which i don't believe doom 2016 had um and that dash makes the game feel more fluid it makes you feel like you have more control and so you have that along with the more focused in and refined uh idea of we're playing we're playing combat chess right you are solving combat puzzles where mm. you know it's not you're mm. not just being thrown into a room and 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 you're not just taking out NPCs, right? Like Doom, Doom as a modern franchise, right? Doom 2016, Doom Eternal. I feel like at face value, you're like, oh yeah, these are these are shoot 'em ups. You play to like you know put your mind on rest and just murder things, you know, senselessly. Yeah. And I feel like it, it, Doom Eternal, from what I played, has the appeal of something like that, where you want to just turn your mind off and just 
you know, go on a murder spree on some demons. But at the same time, I feel like for me, I was really thinking about all the moves I was making as I was making them. So like, I always felt like I was I was at the edge of my life. I was always feeling like I ran out of ammo, and that was not a bad thing. Yeah. Like because they give you they they give you ways in, uh, to retrieve ammo, right? You use your chainsaw you have to switch your chainsaw and chainsaw an enemy and that enemy will then pour out ammo right they do the same thing for health where you get an enemy uh close to death right and they start blinking and you press the melee button and you do a glory kill and you get health out of them right and they also have they also have a flamethrower attachment that you can use to then uh once you flamethrower enemies you can then gain armor out of them so you have those three things those three resources that you're managing a lot and the balance of hey i'm I'm out of health or I'm, I'm, I'm near death. I really need to murder somebody right now. Like, it's not like any other first-person shooter, and Doom 2016 did this too, but it's not like any other first-person shooter where you're on the brink of death and you're hiding and yep, you're like, behind a box. Yeah, hide behind a box and then peek out and like try to like if you if you, if you want to gain health, you have to like um, wait for it to regenerate or you have to like find um, some health pickup somewhere. Yeah. Or, like you have to do something. You have to essentially go on the defensive. Doom Eternal and Doom 2016, right? Do a good job of making go on the on the offensive and doom eternal even furthers that idea with more they they better manage like how on the edge you are at all times right and so at all times i was like all right i should be getting armor because i don't want to be on the brink of death or i'm on the brink of death i really need to murder somebody or i'm out of ammo i really need to get up close and chainsaw somebody and they keep that loop going uh fantastically and so Oh, what are you say? When I played it at Judges Week, mm-hmm. they did a whole presentation beforehand, as most things do, to talk about their games. But they really drove home the fact that the demo you're getting tossed into is going to kick the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. And we're unapologetic for that. And it's that you shouldn't get frustrated with it. It's that you should f- figure out what you did wrong and come back and do it right. Mm-hmm. And I realize that can sound like a brick wall or flippant to some regard. But for me, it is literally what I needed for it all to click. And I, yeah. I don't know if you remember this games cast I talked about where I started playing Doom 2016 again after that Judges Week mm-hmm. and actually having a ball with it. Because when it first came, I did I was like, okay, whatever. I'm running around and shooting things and it's pretty. Eh, I'm good. And didn't play too far. And then coming out, doing getting that advice, having it framed like you called battle chess. Yeah. Of like, no, I have to actually be like Batman and figure out what my moves are. And when I do die, I'd be like, okay, cool. Rather than get ammo early on, I should have been doing this. I should have gone to that really easy character, killed this thing, and done that. So I could have run in there with more armor. Yeah, like the day of the demo, I got a message from the homie, uh, my my friend Michael Hyam, who also went and did the demo. And he texted me, and he was like, is it me or, like, I don't know if I'm just a bad gamer, but (laughs) is Doom really hard? And in my mind, I thought he was talking about Doom 2016. And so I was like, no, man, I don't think that game was. I I didn't die that much in Doom when I played Doom. That game was pretty easy, so you're just a bad gamer. You suck. Yeah, I'm like, you're trash, bro. And (laughs) and then I went into the demo and then uh, went back and talked to him about it. And then I realized he was actually talking about Doom Eternal because he thought I did the demo at the same time. But, um, yeah, I started talking to him about it, and I was like, yeah, dude, that demo was difficult. Um, and like, like too late. Yeah, like I gave up gaming. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I write for Variety now. I write, <laughs> write about movies. Um, but it was one of those things where, you know, we were talking about like the difficulties we were having uh, with the game, and it's not like it's not Dark Souls hard. It's not yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's course. not super punishing, but it is one of those things where, you know, you get to certain encounters, and it's like, oh wow, this took me three or four times. Whereas in Doom 2016, like I didn't really have to restart all that much. Yeah. Um, but certain encounters in Doom Eternal, they really do a good job of making you really like, kind of think more about what you're doing. Granted, it's not like you're, it's not like you're going in thinking like, okay, this is gonna be a plan. I'm gonna take this guy out, and then I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this. It's not really that. It's more so like in the moment thinking. Yeah. But it's like really active in the moment thinking more so than I feel like you do in other games. I, th- I think that what I found when I came back to Doom 2016 or wrap my head around how to play it, you know, you talked about like 
you 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 might have that uh misconception that you can come in there and just kill a bunch of demons and run around right yes. and it's just murder fest like old doom was or whatever whereas this obviously has more thinking and planning than that but in the moment i would call it strategic reflex yeah where you're you're not thinking like oh well, i need to do this i need to do that you just see all of a sudden your meters get out of whack right and your armor is really low and your health's really high yeah. you know you need to do that it's that muscle memory almost of like wait how do i take this guy down right yeah and oh, that's the thing like, like they give you so many uh, options as far as like uh, things you can do and you kind of forget like once once I was down to my health at certain points I was like oh shoot I'm just gonna die and then I was like wait a second no because I have this thing I can I can switch to my freeze bomb which then like freezes my enemies and gives me a second to kill them if I want to right or I could do my flamethrower to then get armor out of them like I have a bunch of options at my disposal and it's not until I'm kind of forced to use those options to where I realize like oh sweet I can do this I can do this I can do this and like I, that feeling of being able to kind of think back to your arsenal uh, uh, on the spot and really like bust stuff out and, and execute on it yeah. I think is a really good feeling uh, they also had like platforming sections in the game which wasn't really a thing in Doom 2016 or at least as much of a thing as it is in Doom Eternal seemingly like you have a double jump you have you have two dashes which, which you can do in the air you have climbing that you're doing and yeah. so without- they're, they're, yeah they're adding this whole platforming section to it which yeah. was like broke my brain during the preview I yeah. saw on Tim when I came back I'm like I struggled with this one area for so long because I totally forgot about the dash, so I wasn't dashing in the yeah. air, so I was like just missing it every time. Yeah, this, no, I was doing the same. So this is my second time demoing Doom Eternal. My first time I demoed it at PAX West on Stadia. Mm-hmm. And so that was oh, my yeah. first, yeah, that was my first hands-on with Stadia and my first hands-on with Doom. It was your last hands-on with Stadia. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, during that time, I did the same thing where I was like, oh, I had a dash. I forgot I had a dash. That's yeah. why, oh, okay, I didn't know I, had, I could climb. I didn't really realize I had all these... Uh, abilities at my disposal and so going into doom eternal the second time for the second demo i was like okay now i know I, now i know what to do i know how to go about this stuff and uh, i think the platforming platforming seemingly was pretty good like it's definitely not as uh amazing as like the combat and the actual like core of the game is but yeah. i think it's pretty good filler between the levels like it's a nice cleanser almost like a um, palette cleanser between yeah. those moments and so like so far i'm looking i'm very much looking forward to doom eternal i think I think there's a chance that it could like be in those conversations with Last of Us Two and That's Cyberpunk. That's like crazy. I think it's like it, I think it's that good. Granted, like we don't know what those games are going to be like, and so maybe it's a, it's a case where you know once I get my hands on Last of Us Two, I'm going to be like, oh snap, this is the next coming of Jesus Christ. But yeah. so far, I'm like Doom Eternal is going to be. I think is going to be one of the best games of the year. Wow, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's coming up quick too, right? It is it's coming March-ish. Yeah. Same day as Animal Crossing. Yeah, that's no, March. So. All right. Sorry, I wish yeah. I could play, but I'll be playing Animal Crossing. Dang, man. Gotta, gotta work the dichotomy out between those two, da- two games is, is great because yeah, yeah. you have like the cutest of cutesy games, and then you and which is like more of like a management kind of simulation kind of game, and then you have Doom Eternal, which is just hardcore everything. Yeah. And so I'm really excited for that day. It's going to be a good game. Yeah. Good day. Um, I've also been playing GTA Online. Yeah, tell me about this now. You're back in, you say. You're I'm fully back, back in. in. So John Wick style. Yes, John Wick style. I'm back in. I'm thinking I'm back. I GTA 5. Is probably one of my favorite games, like ever. Like I really, really like. Now, when GTA. you say that, do you mean single player? Do you mean multiplayer? I mean, it's a full package. Okay. Yeah, because the thing for me is, growing up, GTA San Andreas was one of my favorite games sure. of all time, and I remember being in like high school playing San Andreas and being like, "Man, San Andreas!" Because that was that was probably the first time I say it. San Andreas. San Andreas. People were making fun of me before when I said San yeah. Andreas. I what forget it? when. It's okay. No, we're yeah. not. Um, it's like when I call Luminous Lumines. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, in high school, so San Andreas was the first GTA game I played where I, where it kind of clicked for me. Sure. I remember being at a friend's house playing GTA 3 and being like, 
it seems cool, but I don't really get it. And then he got Vice City, and I was like, this seems cool. I don't really get it. And then, I have no affinity for the 80s yeah, or Ray Liotta. No, legit. Like I, I, I didn't, which I think is the thing. I think that was like the separation for me. Sure. And so he he also got San Andreas, the same friend that got Vice City in 3. And I remember, I remember being at his house and being like, this game, is, it's pulling me in a little bit more than the other games. But, you know, like at the same time, I still don't really understand the appeal of GTA that, that you seem to have. And then... Uh, I had an uncle that bought me GTA San Andreas for whatever reason. I don't know why. I was going to say, you seem too young. Yeah, no, I was very young. I was like 13, 14 at the time. Gotcha. He got it for me. That sounds like the, the kind of job the uncle has, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's If you're, yeah. if you're an uncle, that's kind of what you do. He was it. like, oh, you, you want a sip of beer? You want this mature He was like, you like video games? I got one for you. And then he bought me San Andreas, and I remember being like, this seems <laughs> this seems like a lot <laughs> for for where I'm at. But hey, I'm, I'm, I'll take it. Sure. And we were playing it. And it, it probably wasn't until I got to the second city in the game, San Fierro, which is like the San Francisco yeah. adjacent, where I was like, oh, this is incredible. Like, this this map feels huge. Like, I can't believe you fit three cities that are, you know, uh, lo- not Las Well, Las Vegas being Las Venturas, San, San Francisco being San Fierro, and then um, L.A., yeah. Los Angeles, which is Los Santos, right? You have those three cities, and then you have, like, a desert area, and then you have, like, a mountainous area, then you have a country area, yeah. and this map feels so huge and vast and diverse in a way that I had never really experienced in a video game because I didn't really get that far into GTA 3, and I didn't get that far into GTA Vice City. Even if you had, I mean, like, San Andreas is on such a different level. Yeah, like, it felt crazy to me, and... There, there was that. There was the story, which I really dug and I really appreciated. There was all the different features. Like I, I know a lot of people hated on like the RPG elements that they added in, like oh, the, the getting fat, getting, yeah, getting weight management, shape. you know, managing like your respect, doing, doing all this different stuff. I really thought that stuff was really cool because I never really got into a deep RPG like that. Yeah, and I mean, San Andreas is not a deep RPG, but it takes those elements in sure. a way that I hadn't really experienced those elements truly in a game this is way back in the day oh, i mean god this is actually, 2004 i want to say, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. but i mean i remember like you know i remember when i started ign in 2007 we were still talking about you still put in your previews that it had rpg like mechanics mm-hmm. you know what i mean now every game is rpg like right but yeah. yeah for the what you're talking about it did have these elements that were totally not normal. yeah that did not feel like gta yeah and so I remember at the time being like, San Andreas is like my favorite game ever made, and I can't imagine this game being better. The only way that San Andreas can get better is if it had better graphics, feels slightly less glitchy, and if there was like, I don't know, man, online multiplayer. And then GTA V came out, and I was like, it's my fir- this is my perfect game. I don't need, I don't need another game <laughs> Stop ever Stop making them. It's over. Yeah, it's over. And like to this day, I kind of still, I mean, I don't feel like don't make another GTA. Definitely make another GTA. Yeah. But GTA, GTA V plus GTA Online is like, kind of my perfect game for all the things that I appreciate about San Andreas and about video games. Like, I like the feeling of being in a vast, detailed open world. I like the feeling of being in, like, a, a like a map, a city that feels like it's living and breathing, you know? And I liked... I like the idea of getting to explore that with friends. Yeah, And so that was the, totally. thing, that was the thing that brought me back into GTA Online is that my friend Alex from OK Beast and Brandon hit me up and they were like, hey, we just started playing GTA Online again just because... And I was like say no more <laughs> i'm in because i i i want to say i i put in 300 to 400 Holy hours shit. already yeah um and you know i was i didn't really have friends that i really played gta online with i remember when heist came out i think i found some people in the kind of funny facebook group that i played with uh for that right and it was the four of us when we ran through like five of the different heists because they had put out five um but i jumped back into it because i was like man it's been a while 
I know that like over time, some of these aspects of GTA Online have, haven't aged as well, like such as partying up, which is difficult to do. Oof. The loading the loading times are out outrageous. They're they're weirdly long, yeah, but yeah. like it's the thing where the game came out in 2013, and so you kind of have to forgive it in, totally. in some aspects, but. You know, I've been playing it for the last week, and I've been enjoying it, and uh, it's been fun because I also have another friend, Rhea, who I brought in, um, and she's starting from scratch, and so it's been this experience of starting her from level one and being like, all right, what are the things that you don't have? Because I've been playing this game for so long that I don't know what it's like being at level one. She's like, okay, well, I only have a pistol, and I was like, all right, you got to fix that, and she's like, I don't have a car. We got to fix that. All right, I don't have an apartment. Okay, we got to fix that. And we, she's like listing yeah, things. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, all right, let's check off this list one by one. You're like, all right, yeah, you know what? Just tell me what you have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, I have a pistol. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And so it's been this experience of, of trying to figure out, like, okay, you know, it's 2020, seven years down the road. How has GTA changed? And how do we adapt to, like, what the game is now and yeah. figure out how to start from the ground up? Which the game doesn't do a good job of conveying and really, like, telling you like the game doesn't really point you in a direction um which for me coming back i'm like okay what what do i want to do and i i think i've slowly figured out that you kind of have to pick a direction and just go with it if you want to get into gta online and so that's kind of what that's what i've been doing and that's what i've been trying to help her do you know it's like okay so our goal for you is to get you your weapons and get you get your car and get you your things and what i'm gonna do is i'm going to start a nightclub which i did <laughs> <laughs> and so I you brought, do whatever it is you do i'm yeah, starting a nightclub yeah so i bought a nightclub property i've been doing missions for that and i've been trying to manage like okay how how exactly does, does this work how does this help me make money all this stuff um and it's been a good time it's been a real it's been a, a, a really good time and that's so, rad and so has it been is she having fun like coming in brand new i think so this many years I, gone and it, it's it's hard to gauge because if she's if she was like i'm super frustrated i'd be like i understand because this game's not really you know telling this like even for us just to party up has yeah. been an issue right? see that was when kevin and i tried to jump in like we gave it the call to try god what are you two years ago a year and a half ago kev where we were going through it and yeah we wanted to actually see if we could get capture that zeitgeist and mm -hmm. it was the thing of Getting in there and making the cars, that was all fun. But then trying to party up was such a nightmare. Yeah. We'd be together and we'd go into... With even with Peanut. We'd go in yeah. there to you know do a race or a thing and the teams would get split up the wrong way where yeah. I'd be with strangers and Kevin would be playing. I'm like, Why? like As far as I know, there's not really a way to like formally party up in a way that you're going into sessions, like going into lobbies with each other. right? Like You have to essentially be in the same same session like open world session and then you could go on call on a job with your friends and then hopefully it'll bring your friend along with you into a job if you go on a job or into like a, a match or whatever right and then you also have to make sure you get sorted into the same team like a lot of stuff is re really ridiculous and i think they try to remedy it by doing this whole like organization thing where you can make an or organization and then hire people as your bodyguards whenever you like log on to a session but even that i don't think does the thing that it kind of needs to do in terms of bringing people bringing people in with you into jobs and stuff which i hope they fix with gta 6 because i think i think it's just one of those things where the game came out in 2013 and it came it came out before games like destiny and other shared totally. world experiences and so it's just it's just behind and in that's terms the, of the thing about it Lenny, like how ridiculous it is to talk about this game that everybody millions of people are still playing it's yeah. making money handle, but it's a 2013 game yeah and so yeah it is that all of these online ease of use cases have come around and shown yeah. how to do this but what are they going to do it's like, so like gta online is so behind yeah. where it needs to be uh in 2020 did you get into red dead at all red dead online did no, you try that at all? i no? i logged on and i didn't i didn't love the 
the single player. I think I got yeah. to like chapter four or five and I was just like, I'm not really having a good time and I put in like a lot of hours and so I'm just going to peace out. Yeah. And then I, when online came out, I was like, all right, I'll, let me see what, what this is about. But then I like, I, I booted it up, did like the opening cut scene and I was just like, I just don't feel like being in this world. Yeah. Like, I think part of the reason I love GTA Online is because of like the vehicles being able to drive fast and like, as simple as it sounds, sounds driving fast in GTA is so like satisfying to me. Sure. Because I have my upgraded car that's like it's, a, it's an entity XF, I think is what it's called, and I have it all decked out and it goes so fast. And just that alone is like, it's a good, it's a good feeling, right? And so going back to you know, does uh, has she been enjoying playing online? I uh, we did a game. Or like a mode called Overtime Rumble, which was like the featured mode for the last week, which means you get double times the money and double times the experience from doing that job. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, hey, let's jump into this and make you some money. And essentially what the mode is, is there are two teams. You, this It takes place like up in up in the sky. This is going to sound crazy as I'm explaining. <laughs> but it's it takes place up in the sky. And te two teams of like, let's say four or five, two teams of five go down ramps and then launch off the ramps and then if you press x the car your car will de uh, deploy a parachute and then you want to land on like a board that has numbers on it that has like uh, one okay. two three four and five sure, sure, sure. and the numbers correlate to points right and so like one will be like the largest like area you can land on then then four or no yeah one then two then three then four then five is the highest amount of points but it's gonna be the hardest thing to land on and you know it's it sounds ridiculous and when you watch when you watch it you're like this thing's in GTA, right? And but when when we were playing it, we were like, "This is weirdly really fun." Um, and I think it's goofy things like that that kind of that that have kind of like had us uh, coming back for sure. more. Um, and like you know, we played that for probably like an hour, an hour and a half. You know, just just that mode. And by the end of it, we were like, "This is like really good." <laughs> um, and it's 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 wild to think that like there are countless modes like that. In oh, GTA, yeah. like a lot of modes like that, and I, there was a clip I posted yesterday on Twitter of like me doing a race. It was like called a special race or whatever, and it was just another race that like took place in the sky where you're doing like these Hot Wheel tracks. And like I was doing that, thinking that that's what the whole race was, and I was like, this is pretty cool. But at a certain point, I then go on a loop-de-loop, -loop, and the loop-de-loop -loop points down, and I'm driving my car literally 180 downwards toward land, and then like I get launched off the road. And I'm going directly, like, directly into water, right? And it's, like, 10 seconds of me being in air, falling down. And I'm like, what's about to happen? Am I just about, are we all just about to die in this race? And then I get a prompt on the screen that's, like, press X to change your car to, um, I forget the mode, like, water mode or whatever. And I press X, and my car transforms into, like, a submarine kind of thing. And I land in the water, and the race continues underwater. And I'm like, yo, this is sick. Like, this is incredible. And this is happening all in GTA Online. Um, See, and that's the thing yeah. is, like, I feel like those moments are so there. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when we came back, one of the main things that was trying to push us to play more GTA here is that we did, a, you know, it was me, Tim, uh, Nick, and Colin, right? We teamed up with the Achievement Hunters way back in the day mm. and did GTA 5 Let's Plays. And, like, when we did, like, Every Bullet Counts and all those different oh, things. Oh, yeah. And it was like, this is amazing. We were having so much. We were in hysterics, doubled over laughing and doing, you know what I mean? It was, like, so amazing. Mm -hmm. And then coming here and, like, setting up all these profiles and trying to figure it out. And, did, and we've done party mode party modes here that were like all right let's do a race or whatever and it is like 
we picked the wrong race and it, go, it goes yeah. on forever and it's like nick is way in the back being terrible like what is going like he's mad and it's like ugh. yeah like when it works it's it, the when best. it works it's the best but there are so many ways in which your gta online experiences go awry because the game doesn't really do a good job of filtering you toward the best stuff or pointing you toward a specific direction and like there's like monetization issues like you know i i think the game doesn't message well how like what it wants to be because they released like new expansions they released like the casino stuff and they released like like big expansions that are free quote unquote like they're like they're they're free expansions that you don't need to pay anything extra to get into but at the same time if you want to like if you want to do the casino heist which was like a, like a new big thing right if you want to do the casino heist you then have to buy an arcade an arcade costs millions of in-game dollars and it's hard to raise that much money and i think for them they're like oh yeah you know we're not we're not making you pay for the expansions so you got to make money somewhere and sure. they're going to make that money off of microtransactions. Yeah. So that's kind of your way to pay toward the expansions. But I feel like the messaging and the the execution of it is weird and rubs a lot of people the wrong way. In fact, like in some ways it rubs me the wrong way because I'm like, I don't, like I'm, I'm playing GTA and I'm like, I want to I wanna do all these different things, all these different cool things. But I feel like I got to spend a lot of money to totally. do it. And well, I was like, when we started, it was like, oh, yeah, I wanted DeLorean because the DeLorean yeah. was, and it was like, all right, cool. It's three million or whatever the hell it was. And you look in there, like, I'm not yeah, paying it's like, oh, yeah. $70 for this car. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. And you're, and for me, I've, I've put in hundreds of hours into, into GTA Online and I, I don't have nearly enough money to afford like everything I want to do. Yeah. But I don't think you're supposed to really be able to do everything you want to do. You're supposed to kind of pick and choose and be like, okay, I'm going to focus on this. And then, you know, if I had to pay like $10 worth of microtransactions, I'll do it. I've never really paid for any GTA microtransactions, but I was thinking about it this weekend playing it where yeah. I was like, oh man, I, it'd be nice to be able to just afford a thing. Um, so that can get frustrating, but overall, like it feels, it feels good to be back. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be playing it. Uh, it's been one of those things where I'm like, I'll play it as long as I have friends that are playing it yeah. because if at this point that game feels like home to me, Sure. Uh, as weird as that sounds, but yeah, it's been GTA online or GTA five for me. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's important to have games like that that are the you know what I this is home. I'm I'm always gonna go back to this in some respect, right? I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna see where it is and what it is and if it's pulling my strings and if I want to get into it. And then let alone have somebody who's new going through it, right? That you can yeah. go through. Yeah, that's and the I think that's the best thing. That's, I think that's the thing that really got me hooked this time is that I had somebody that was like starting from ground zero, and I'm like, oh, I know what you need to do. You need to get these things, and it, we can we can have an actual progression here in a way where at, for me at level. I think I'm at 106 now in GTA Online. Jeez. I'm like, I don't know what to like, what to do now. Like, I had to like look up things. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm gonna start a nightclub because this seems like the most lucrative thing I can this do. This is what I can do now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have like, uh, I always figured the higher you got up, the more there was the. Here's how I'm just making money hand over fist. There, they have like, they have bunkers and way like ways to make money money. I don't know if you can ever make money hand over fist. I might be wrong about that, but they have like ways that you can that you can passively make money. And the nightclub is one of those ways. I got a bunker a while ago, but yeah. I never got it running because I did not understand how to do it. And because the the place the my bunker is on the map, and I feel like most bunkers are like in the northern part of the map, but my bunker is at the very northern of the map. And my apartment is down in Los Santos, and it's like in in real life probably like a seven eight minute drive to get to my bunker for my apartment and i don't want to do that every single time i log in, into the game and so i just like abandoned that um and then like hmm yeah i don't think i really had any businesses outside of that bunker so the nightclub is gonna be my first business in gta that's 
not the bunker I want to say. And then I'm also going to buy an executive office once I make enough money for that. Okay. So now I have now I have like a vision of like okay, this is this is the path I'm going down, which is nice. Instead of just aimlessly killing things. Yeah, aimlessly like doing random events or doing heists or whatever, which I, which is what I would usually do. Yeah. All right. We've uh, been playing. I've been doing a bunch of different stuff. Uh, I got an email a couple weeks ago for a game coming up this week. So, like, uh, as of, you know, well, the 30th. Sucks they their date got stolen by Patapon. But it's called oh. Coffee Talk. Okay. And so, did you ever play or hear about a game called Valhalla? I've heard about Valhalla. The bartending simulator, yes. right? Where you, you are a bartender at a bar. People come up. They order stuff. You also talk to them. And it's a narrative game, right? Coffee Talk came into my inbox. I read through the thing. And it sounds like Valhalla without the bar part of it right it's just you running a coffee shop mm. their description is a narrative simulator where a blend of fantasy races enjoy conversation over warm drinks and so it's set in seattle 2020 oh, cool. seattle oh wow but alternate 2020 seattle where it is that basically like it's a fantasy world where it is that humans and orcs and elves and all these are all these races are living peacefully together mm -hmm. they've all given up on the stupid shit andy likes so like oh legolas you shoot your arrow at the eye and then mm -hmm. we'll get the ring and like you know none of that crap they're just all people living in city this is like um the upcoming pixar movie i forget what it's called but the one with tom holland kevin you know what i'm talking about the one tom holland Dr. And, uh, onward, onward. Oh, yeah it's like onward or enough. bright with will smith also true yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Better than that already, though, because awesome. uh, so I've done like 45 minutes of this one, and it is that narrative text adventure that I dig once in a while. Like I don't, I wouldn't only want to play these kind of games, like you know the visual novel kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But there is something so enticing and in this game so rewarding about doing it, where it is that I'm being told the story while being an active participant in the story. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's my, I'm running this coffee shop. I'm only open. I open when basically all the other coffee shops go to bed or close. And then I'm up like through the in the wee hours in the morning. Right? Are you playing as Greg or are you, are you playing as a character? I'm you name it. So I'm, it's Greg. Okay. I'm, I'm Greg or whatever. And so, yeah, I'm just playing as it. And I'm, you know, the characters are everybody else talking to me and their drama and everything else is how we get involved in their lives and their stories and give them advice. But it's even that it's more, it, it is very much watching their stories unfold and then me making their drinks. So it is that like people walk up and they want you know a chocolatey espresso or whatever and so i go to the coffee bar and then the little uh you know my menu on my phone pops up and i can go look at my recipes and i see what an, a chocolatey espresso looks like mm -hmm. i it's always three ingredients over here that you choose which you put in the thing you brew it you give it back and occasionally it's just like valhalla you get the people who come up and he's like I don't know what I want, but I want something sweet and not too bitter. And so you have to look at what you have available recipes and gauge if that's the right thing and give it to them. And it, it'll, they'll give you the response of, you know, like, oh, this is good, but it could be better. Or this is exactly what I wanted. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And you go on that way about it. But it is that voyeurism I think so many people like. It's the voyeurism for sure I like in like when you are watching a good movie, reading a good book, just people watching in public mm -hmm. where it is very much these people come up and they are like, you know, there's this couple that is. Uh, they're different races. She's Elven, I think, and he's Orc or something to that effect. And hot, that's hot <laughs> for you. You like that? And it is like you know, his parents don't accept her, and so like there's this whole conversation about that, and they, they talk shit about her last night. And like, you're, I'm just a fly on the wall there, serving them coffee, listening to their thing, watching it all unfold. And there's a woman there who's like, you know, my best customer who comes in every night, and she's gonna write a book about the place. And so mm. then when another customer comes in, I'm explaining that to him that she's gonna do this, and it's just like. It's nice to be – it's one of those cheers kind of th moments, right? Of like I'm dropped into this place where everybody knows your name. Like, here okay. we are. These people all have relationships. Yeah. I'm catching up with them as we go, getting the whole lay of the land. Like, you know, it has that 
you know, visual art or visual novel style, right? Where it is just, you know, one static shot pretty much of people coming in and occasionally mm. doing little movements, but, uh, you know, basic graphics and yeah. really good storytelling. Do you, telling. like, walk around at all or no. is it just, like, It's text? just me. No, no, it's just, you know, I never see my character. It's not like that at all. It's just text. Okay. So is there popping up and doing stuff there and, like, you know. Are they it, conversation trees? I don't not yet. Where okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually there are, but I think it's if it's like Valhalla, it's going to be more about the drinks I'm serving and how that changes things. Gotcha. But I, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Again, I'm super early in it. There's a demo out right now. The first 20 minutes, I'm not too much for, far past that. Okay. In terms of it, but it, like if, if you like that kind of idea, you know, we're talking earlier about like a relaxing game, right? Like mm. this is that where it is. Like I uh, the night I started, it was a night where I was like, I don't feel like jumping into Peace Walker and having to run around and you know have the things attacking me or be challenged by that mm-hmm. it was very much that i just wanted something to talk at me which is always what i'm looking for for when i want to watch tv or when i want to uh, watch a movie i want the story to be told to me and that's what's happening here while I'm, I'm i'm the side character to their adventures right yeah it's neat it's cool and i like that kind of thing i like those kind of story-based games that's pretty cool yeah yeah i'm looking at like screenshots yeah i know i want to bring up a trailer but kev had to step away yeah so I'm, i can it has a nice through. nice style to it yeah and I'll that's say. the thing hold on one second i almost got it Kev, I'm going to send you a trailer, all right? Do you want it to control assets? Okay. Yeah, it's got this, you know, I don't, I don't what, how would you describe it? Because it's not like, I, I, without sounding offensive, it's got that indie game style. No, oh, yeah, for you sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah there yeah. you go, Kev. Assets for you. We're going to bring the this up. The characters are all hot. Oh, of course. Yeah. Who wants to play a game with ugly people? And I live. <laughs> I look in the mirror every day at an ugly person. I don't yeah. need to see it when I play. When my you video said games. when you saw like orcs in like different. Oh creatures, yeah, no, no. I was like, expecting yeah. like ugly orcs. These are like hot orcs. Oh yeah, no, everybody's super hot. Yeah. There's Freya. Yeah, who I I, I noticed that name immediately. Freya. I was like, mm, you're gonna be up to stuff. Mm. But see, this is how it is, right? Of them coming in. George, Georgie, the uh, uh, policeman, I like a lot. Oh, this is the conversation I was talking, where Bailey's p- parents are not down yeah. with him in this relationship. But here you see, you have these three different ingredients you put into your things as you go through and make it. You can trash it, you can serve it. I totally didn't know this. You're gonna see in a second here. You can do latte art. Like, dude ordered latte oh. from me, and I gave it to him. He's like, "Oh no, art!" And I was like, "Fuck! I didn't know I could do that. I didn't. I thought I missed. I missed the option clearly, but I didn't know what it was. But it's this is the jam to it. It's got a chill tune to it." It's got this Seattle, Seattle setting. That's this awesome. Beautiful. Yeah, it's like I might want to check this game out. I love, I love when games take place in a city that you're familiar with, mm-hmm. and so like being able to play a visual novel that takes place in Seattle, I think it'd be pretty fun. Yeah, especially because it's about coffee. Totally right. And yeah. that was the other thing too, where it's and I know it sounds like, I mean, I'm not some dweeb or anything, but like being the in, in Valhalla, one of your list like cyberpunk bartender or whatever it was like uh-huh. that's not a setting oh sirens are on our end by the way that's not a setting i connect with right yeah but like hey i run a cool coffee shop and i help people through their problems i was like yeah you know you know what that does sound cool and like, the trailer I would, like, has like the, like the chill beats to study to like hip-hop back totally back right yeah, 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 yeah does the does it have music like that in the yeah, game 100 oh yeah yeah, the jam- yeah and that's what i'm talking about where yeah. it's like a relaxing tv show or movie to watch where it is like that and i, I find it funny that you know i played it a couple days ago and then got caught up in some other stuff uh I still think about it. I'm still thinking about the characters and the stories. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to get back to that and see how it plays out. So, yeah, that's out January 30th. Uh, it's on PlayStation, of course, but also on Xbox and Nintendo eShop and Steam and all that jazz. Nice. Uh, the other thing I do will be a piggyback off of what we'll talk about here in a little bit about our uh, 104 PSN games. Mm-hmm. But I also uh, played Midnight Deluxe on Vita finally. Are you familiar with Midnight Deluxe? No. It is in my, on my PlayStation 4. It is in my cheap Platinums folder. 
Oh, okay. And so that should tell you all you need to know about it. Uh, Midnight Deluxe, uh, I played on Vita because uh, we were watching some stuff. I was watching Billy on the Street, and I, want, I was like, you know what? I got, I got to take... Well, it's like I'm a shark. There's mm-hmm. blood in the water. I want more. You oh, know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Now, is, is this one of the ones where you can get a trof- where you can get a platinum on Vita and then get another platinum? One hundred percent. I have it tw- right now. There are two versions of it on my PlayStation Four and then the one version on my Vita. Okay. Um, but you know, and I'm the one who will tell you when I play a game that is Garbo mm-hmm. for a platinum because I do it all the time. Midnight Deluxe, not a Garbo game. I was gonna say this game looks like it's at least all right on Vita. Yeah. So the idea here is that you have this, you know, you usually, uh, well, always beautiful, but usually this blue and black uh, landscape you're on. And the idea is that you have this cube of light that you would need to shoot across into this light portal to end the level. And so it kind of, on top of uh, just trying to get to the goal, it judges you basically like golf, mm-hmm. where like it gave you stars there at the end of the the let's play or the thing Kevin was playing. You want to throw it back up, Kevin, while I talk about it. No, you did a great job. Thank you so much. Um, it'll give you stars based on how many strokes basically it took to get there. Okay. So even if you t- you can take a million shots if you want to get it there, but if you want higher, uh, it, is count. there like a par system where like it tells you the number? Yep. That- at the very end, if you if we watched him com- or who, him or they or whoever complete this level, they're watching on Vita. No, playing on Vita, no less. Oh. Wow. Uh, it looks like it's PSTV. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's blue maximum. Somebody else. Uh, at the end, when you get the stars, it tells you how many more you, how many you needed. Gotcha. Uh, which I found really cool about it is when they started explaining it at the front. I'm playing on Vita, obviously. It was like, okay, cool, and do this, and use the shoulder button, use the stick, and then I was like, wait, and then sure enough, it's touchscreen. You can just oh. play it with touchscreen, so you can just drag and point. That's where you, really you just cool. Point where you want to do it. It is base. Um, this is uh, you see. I'm just trying to not fall off this thing. But as you yeah. see, the further, you, longer you pull it out, the further you pull it out, the more power you're putting behind it. Mm-hmm. So there are little putts, there are big drives and stuff to this. Uh, and then I know we're, we're just getting dropped sight unseen to do a thing here. There, there. You know, you can't touch the tops on, on certain levels. Mm-hmm. There's hazards down there, so that yeah, if you miss, he's restarting before he even dies. Uh, if you were to fall down and hit those, uh, you know, arrows in the bottom, you die or whatever. Then there are the super simple ones. But the whole idea, yeah, is just get it there. Get it in the hole, and then there you go. So five oh. stars would have been, or for if you can get it in two moves, you get yeah, three, three stars, stars. And stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's been one that, like I said, I've downloaded forever ago because I had heard, oh yeah, easy trophies, easy trophies. But then playing it, it was another one. Where I was like, oh, you know what? This is actually a fun game. Mm-hmm. Where I like, I you know, I I could see it's you know, it feels like a mobile game, which is great for Vita, obviously. But I had a good time with it. The levels are varied. There's a bunch of different stuff happening on. There are, I you know, I found it almost you know, like a good puzzle game. Of that idea of like, fuck, how do I do this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I know, I see where I'm supposed to go. It seems like it should be so easy, but what is the right thing? So, trying to lob instead of drive, get your character over there, do all these different things. It, it worked out really well. Nice. And an easy platinum on Vita. How long did it take you to get the platinum? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. Grand total, probably something like 30 to 40 minutes. Really? Yeah. Because wow. the main That's thing is, quick. the main thing is play through for uh, 40 levels. And let me tell you, level 40 is a bitch. It took me forever to levels? figure it out. Yeah, Wait, yeah, so yeah. like a minute per level? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like it's some of them are super easy, and again, like for most of the trophies, it's not like you. There's one for three stars, mm-hmm. and then the rest are just complete the levels and move on, right? And then there's some for like how you die certain ways. All really stuff you can't avoid, and if you you mm-hmm. did, you can go back and grind it out. But yeah, it goes quick. But then there's these ones you get stumped on. So I guess that's a good point. Probably more than forty, I guess, because mm-hmm. I bet I crushed a bunch of them super easy. But then the ones I like level forty, I was stuck on for a while, okay. and it was one, but it was one of those things too where I didn't want to look up. Yeah, I'm like, I know I can fucking do this. Mm-hmm. I know what you want me to do. I don't know why I can't do it. Instead nice. of sit there and try to drag it out, it's pretty rad. And then, uh, just a quick aside that because I'm not far into it, I finally was in the right headspace to start a restart. Send you a sacrifice. I'm so happy. I freaking Hellblade's new sacrifice is probably 
in my top 15 of the generation. And it's that thing like we talked about it before. Actually, me and Gary Witta on Wednesday when we ran through the Ninja Theory stuff on Games Daily. Uh, it was that watching that, it's awesome. I know how awesome this game is. And Gary's like, oh, I was like, Gary, have you played it? He's like, no, I watched my wife play it. I was like, I did the same <laughs> thing. I did the exact same thing where I'd started it. And then I was like, all right, I'll get back to it. And I came home and Jen was addicted. Mm. And I just watched her play through all the thing and beat it. And so it was the thing. And when it was done, I was like, okay, cool. I don't really need to go back. But now, like, seeing it in action again, I'm like, damn, I should have beaten that myself. And, again, easy platinum. But that's yeah. beside the point. It was the idea of, like, damn, I should have played this on my own. And I'm mm. to the point now where I'm like, I, I remember the ending, but I don't remember the ending. I'm like, yeah. I should go back. Nice. Yeah. Are you, uh, how far are you? Not that far. I'm, I've, I've surpassed where I was, but I would say I'm probably hour and a half two hours okay yeah, yeah yeah i feel like the beginning hours of the game are probably the most like i feel like it it, it starts at the very beginning on a pretty strong note mm. and then like once you're doing the first areas i feel like that's those areas aren't amazing but then i feel like once you kind of push past a certain point the game kind of gets better and better uh are you playing with headphones on yeah good yeah that was the one thing i i, I remember being a big deal and i started i'm like well now i got the sound bar and so mm. i started the game with sound bar i was like now pause went and got headphones yeah. put them on yeah like it's definitely one of those games that's like meant to be played in the specific way that they want you to play it yeah uh and i think like it's a pretty effective way to play the game i'll tell you what man as we're a playstation podcast what a fucking loss dude okay so when, <laughs> when I what remember, a loss losing ninja Hellblade's theory. newest sacrifice was the game that put me onto ninja theory and i was yeah. like wow and i started looking more into the studio i didn't play any of their heavenly actually, sword or enslaved you didn't do they i well i did play a little bit of dmc devil may cry which i think was them I'm like 90% sure they did DMC, which I wasn't huge on. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't play Heavenly, Sw Heavenly Sword or Enslaved. But, uh, they did do DMC. They did do DMC. Okay, so I played a little bit of that. But playing Hellblade, after I beat Hellblade and kind of looked into their philosophy as a studio, I started to appreciate them more. Especially, like, I saw their video of the... Um, it was like a vlog video of... I believe her name is Melina, Melina Jurgens, who's yep. like the main actress. She's Senua, who's, yeah. who's playing Senua, right? And she started off as, I want to say, like a video editor for Ninja Theory. And I think like they had her as like a stand-in doing that role for Senua, which is like the the performance of Senua in that game is probably one of my favorite performances of somebody in a game. And so like they had her as a stand-in. After a certain point, they were like, hey, do you just want to do like be Senua? Because you fit this role pretty well. And, and she was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Um that studio seems like an awesome studio. And then, like, mm -hmm. reading forward, like, how their whole strategy of being, like, the indie AAA, like, how they kind of, how they occupy that sphere, I think is really fascinating and really cool. Totally. Um, and I really appreciate it, especially for them making the type of, type of games they're making. And so when you look at, when you look at Hellblade Soon as Sacrifice and that game being as forward-thinking and technologically impressive as it is, and then you look at Bleeding Edge, which is, which is an entirely different type of game. It's like yeah. an, an, a melee Overwatch kind of experience. And then you look at project mara which is i think is the yep. latest thing you look at how yep. that that looks to me more in line with like something like hellblade where they're using technology in order to like uh say something meaningful or, to, or do something meaningful 100%. like that studio is a really cool studio and after they got bought by microsoft i remember as a playstation fan being like dang it like <laughs> how like why like man that, like that's great for microsoft that sucks for playstation that, yeah. they, that they're not gonna yeah have major future. props to microsoft for picking them up and yeah doing that. yeah and so that was something i couldn't believe too because because hellblade originally came out exclusive for playstation like it, it didn't come out for uh on xbox until later yeah and so yes and that was the thing i was so impressed with them last week of doing their basically ninja theory direct where it's like, let's talk about uh, Senua Saga. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the charity project thing. Let's talk about, or now it's Project Mara. Like, it was ridiculous, right? Like, the Project Insight, that's what it was. Yeah. Of like, hey, like, I don't, they, I liked how they started it very clearly with like, 
because of Xbox and you know, their funding and stuff, we're able to do all these crazy things. And then it was just moving on, and it wasn't like that. And I think that speaks to what Xbox is doing so well right now, where it is, in, again, coming from behind, trying to do a bunch of different stuff of, here you go, do what you want with it. Like I'm sure they got approvals and stuff, but still very much like, keep doing what you do. We're not going to yeah. get in your way. What do you guys do? You want to do this? You want to do this charity project or not charity? That sounds weird, but Project Insight, where you're working with yeah. psychiatrists trying to figure like out doing how, cool things with your, how with games your can help uh, uh, psychological problems. Yeah, and then on top of that, you want to do this? Like, go for it, go for it, go for it. And I think we saw a little bit of that this week and with uh, Media Molecule. And getting to do the yeah. MPs and stuff, which was super cool and was very much not a PlayStation production. Yeah, no, that was like one of the thoughts I was having when I when I tuned in when I was tuning. I was like, man, this is like it's pretty cool that PlayStation just allows them to, to kind of do whatever they want. Yeah, and they get to like throw on an award show in and front I'm of sure a green screen. And that made stuff. PlayStation asshole across the world pucker when Media Molecules like we want to do our own award show and we'll stream <laughs> it ourselves. And we're like, oh my god, like yeah, we have a video team. We can send them to you or don't do this at all. But mm -hmm. yeah, the MPs I thought was an awesome, amazing idea. And I, I, you know, I talked about it on Games Daily and I t tweeted about it over the weekend. I'm just like, for real, I guess you know, people who put on internet streams, let alone crazy, stupid things like the showcase or kind of funny live or whatever, like. That was a huge undertaking for Media Molecule to be like, you know what? We're going to do our own award show. We're mm -hmm. going to build it in dreams. We're going to stream it ourselves. We're going to yeah. do it. And like, to watch them do it, like, I it was joking around about how I felt like it was a uh, spare bedroom kind of funny of like, we're going to do this thing. And then you start figuring out how to do that thing. And watching them have hard transitions where they cut off where somebody's still talking and they went yeah. to the package or they started the stream and there was an echo on it because I'm sure OBS was still planning on it. It was like mm -hmm. all these adorable things that I'm sure, again, PlayStation was like, oh, my God, don't do this, please. <laughs> Somebody try to stop them. But to, again, PlayStation's credit, they allowed it to happen. Yeah, which I think is really cool. Um, and Ninja Theory is kind of like the, I mean, in a different way, kind of the kind of analogous for that with Xbox. And, yeah. You know, I, I mean, Xbox doesn't seem to be as, you know, hard locked on their developers like they it seems like and this is this isn't to say that playstation developers don't have freedom but there's it seems like there's a level of hey we're buying you but we're not really going to touch anything you're doing right yeah at that this point Microsoft we just has. want you to make what you're making and go make cool stuff just for us yeah exactly so are you liking sinuous sacrifice oh yeah yeah it's nice. that thing where i i you know again started it was enjoying it fell off of it you know not fell off but got into other things this weekend gaming wise because we'll get to you know 104 psn games in a second um and then once that happened it was very much like last night it was like or yesterday i was like i'm gonna get back into it and i was like well am i because i know pat upon i want to play pat upon that's gonna be my life so it's is it even worth reinvesting in it right now or should i chip away at a few things like midnight deluxe which i did nice wait is that your no but oh, that was the I, one we I haven't brought it up yet. Yeah, okay. Let's move. Yeah. To 104 PSN games ranked. If you are a new listener, hello, welcome to PS I Love You XOXO, where for 57 minutes we bullshit around about what we've been playing. Uh, on top of that, we've been we decided to do something else when we brought the show back. Each week we read through the drop on the PlayStation blog and pick a different PSN game to play. The next week we report back. And then we will rank the games in one ridiculous list of 104 games. The rules are simple. We can't pick the same game. We can't pick something that's AAA. And it shouldn't be something we we're going to play anyway. Uh, right now, the list stands at number one, Darwin Project. Number two, Graveyard Keeper. Number three, Eclipse, Edge of Light. Number four, Brain Breaker. I'll go first. Blessing. All right. Last week, I ended up choosing... Uh, Balthazar's Dreams. Oh, yeah. The you dog did. game, right? I was like, it's got a dog in it. It's this thing. Can't wait for it. Uh, PlayStation Blog says it's coming. It's going to be great. The game never came out. 
game never Amazing. ever ever came out. Amazing. So, you know, I it's you know, I you know, with a heavy heart, you know, I was selfless. I picked up Foxy Lane 2. Oh. Now Foxy Lane 1 of course is one of those cheap platinum games from Adelika Games of course that I went mm. through and played 3 yeah. times again. This is the one platinums. I was encouraging you to pick Foxy Lane 2. I know, but I didn't know how it fell into our rules mm-hmm. cuz again, if I've already played Foxy Lane 1 for cheap plats, I'm probably going to play Foxy Lane 2 yeah. for cheap plats. But you weren't right? like planning on it, planning on it. It wasn't I though. Okay. Well, I don't know was I? I don't know. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I put them in the folder for a rainy day and then, then I ended up doing mm-hmm. Midnight Deluxe or whatever. Uh so I ended up doing Foxy Lane 2. Yes, I platinumed it three times. Oh, my God. Twice on the PS4, once on the Vita. Jesus. But, but, what I want to do, Kevin's bringing up the launch trailer, because I know that justifiably and understandably, right, in the industry, uh, Rattalika Games gets a rap for having cheap, easy, crap platinums, right? And lots of times that is 100% correct. Foxy Lane 2, pretty good game. Really, it's an uh, it's you know it's a port of an I O of a mobile game iOS game or whatever, but it's got wall jumping. This it's got hidden coins. I'm I, as somebody who played Foxy Land one, like there are st- steps forward. The graphics are better. Uh, I think it's tighter platform. Is this just Mario? <laughs> There's more varied levels. Eh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, right. Like it's a two D thing. You throw the cherries you collect now. Okay. So you use them as projectiles. Um, you see right there. There's a fox coin. There's a fox coin up there. The big coins. Those are hidden. There's three hidden, and sometimes not so hidden, but three in every level that you have to figure out how oh, to get. Oh, this is this is just New Super Mario Brothers. I ain't arguing. I ain't arguing, everybody. And so you run through, you collect these coins, you you find uh, secret worlds, you fight bosses. Now, like it was like, all right. I I never was. I this never. This is Mario. <laughs> but who cares? Blessing Mario isn't on PlayStation, and it isn't a platinum you can get in like thirty minutes. So Foxy Land Two is. Oh, there's co-op. And yeah, now there's caught. Now, does he go into a bubble? Okay, it didn't show. I, I never played it caught. There was no trophy associated, so I couldn't tell you. I don't. I don't. I would imagine if he dies, is one of, if one of these characters die and go into a bubble. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, they didn't show. Yeah. We're st- <laughs> we're calling up Nintendo. And be like, hey, you guys gotta see this, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nintendo. Wow, I thought it was like right next on the thing, <laughs> on the up next, Kevin. In that same. It was gonna be what Mario? Oh, never mind. It's gone now. It was Earth Knight. Oh, worth it. Oh, yeah, right which is my yeah yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, is it a copy of Mario? Maybe, of course. You know <laughs> what I mean? There's no power-ups, though. All right? No okay, power-ups. No, power ups. no, okay. no. So that was the thing Fair. when I got to bosses, and it was very much like one hit, one kill. I was a bitch for some of them. You know, you try to gotcha. figure out their patterns, what are they going to do or whatever. Is it always one hit, one kill? Yeah. Oh, wow. That I saw. And I didn't beat the game, right? I just platinumed it three Wait, what? times. <laughs> Wait, what? does that mean? You don't, like, have to, you don't have to beat the game to platinum it? No. God, no. Yeah, right, Alika game? You kidding me? I, there's I gotta in Midnight Lux, you gotta get to level forty. There's a million other levels. There's a lot of content there if you want it, bless. I just don't want it. I want the trophies and I want to move on. That's upsetting. Well, I'm sorry about that. You know what I mean? Welcome to the world of the PlayStation. Uh however, like I say, Foxy Lane 2, I liked. Like, I mean, it mm-hmm. was it's a well put together game. Whether it's a knockoff of New Super Mario Brothers or not, who cares? Who's to say? You know what I mean? We're not mm-hmm. lawyers. Fair, I'm not. No. What if I told you there's secret levels you uncover? You find a new flag, and then at that are there are there tubes that you go into? What if I told you there was an overworld map? Is with there little really? dots, and you went down, down like wait, that, is there know? really? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I'm not mad because I think that's actually pretty ballsy, and like Gianna Sisters ex- exists, which is like the exactly. original the original ripoff of Super Mario. Yeah, yeah. So if they can do it, Foxy Lane can. Why do can't it. Foxy Lane? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Foxy Lane, pretty good. Pretty good. Where you, are you, or do I have to talk first? And then I feel it, like or? we do it, and then we figure out where they all go together, right? All right. Because right now I'm pushing it above Graveyard Keeper. I'm just saying. I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah. 
because I'm not I'm not gonna, I'm about to sit here and act like Graveyard Keeper. Like I I said when I talked about Ga- Graveyard Keeper, right? I didn't like it, but I think it's I don't think it's a bad game. I think it's just a game that's not for me. That said, I don't think it's a great game, and so perfect. There you go. It's you done. Uh, sirens are coming again. Everybody, be careful. So I played Earth Knight, which I took a lot of notes on Earth Knight because there's like a lot. It's it's a game. It's definitely a game. So okay. it's a 2D platformer. And I think last week I mistakenly thought I read Roguelite on the oh, PlayStation yeah, yeah, yeah. blog. It wasn't there, but the game is actually a Roguelite. And so, like, you die and you start all the way from the beginning. Damn, it looks good. Yeah, so that's the thing I want to commend on this game is that I think in terms of presentation, this game looks incredible. I think creatively, like, if you look at the enemy design and yeah. kind of the watercolor style they got going on here, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this game looks really cool. And it sounds great. Like, I think – when I say sound great, I think the music is great. I think the music is awesome in this in the in this game. I will say I do have the complaint that I don't think the music is is mixed well, and so like right here we can hear. I don't know if the, the listeners can hear the music, but me and Greg can hear the music, right? Yeah. And I think the music is awesome, but after a certain point, I was like, it's kind of grating to listen to because yeah. of how it's mixed. Yeah. Yeah, like it's a lot, but I think melody wise, you know, it's doing a lot. So you can turn this back. That's down what it sounds me. like the whole time. No, like there's different songs. This song because that definitely, definitely sounds like multiple songs being shoved yeah, through no, a hole. <laughs> no, like that's definitely like I didn't. I don't think I heard that song. Yeah, that yeah. particular song. But the songs that are there do sound similar to that. Okay. Albeit, I think the melodies are better than than what we're hearing there. Like they're not always as upbeat as that. But like, look how cool this looks. Um. So yeah, it's a two D platform roguelike, which means you are starting starting over from the beginning after you die. Um. And are playing procedurally generated levels, and the levels nice. are just like the backs of dragons. So the game takes place after the Earth has been taken over by dragons. There are two playable characters being Stanley and Sydney, um, along with their like sciency like Morty looking or not Morty Rick looking guy, uh, who's like the guy who's like uh, uh shopkeeper. Their, like. Yeah, the shopkeeper looking guy who like I think pilots their ship. But essentially, dragons have overtaken the Earth, and it's, it's... Which is a real threat. Yeah, it's a real threat. You know, stay tuned. Um, but it's it's the duty of uh, Stanley, Sidney, and Rick from Rick and Morty looking dude to to stop it. Okay. Right? Because everybody else has given up, but not you three. And not so you, three. you pick from Sidney or Stanley, and you're essentially... You're dropped onto a dragon. You, start, you always start off on this, like, purple dragon at the, um, at the very, like... I don't even know how to describe this. There's like different atmospheres. And so you start at the top atmosphere because you're falling down from space to earth. So you start on the dragon. You are collecting uh, valuables. And it's also an endless runner. And so like you don't you don't con- you don't control. It is a platforming roguelike <laughs> endless runner. It's a there's a lot. My going game's on easier. Game. It's a two D not or well, it's just <laughs> it's new Super Mario Brothers. It's new Super Mario Brothers knockoff. Yeah. Sure. So you are you are running. You can't really control your running, but you can control your jumping. And so Stanley and Sydney have different jumping. I played mainly as Sydney because she seemed easier to control. Um, but you have like uh, you can you can jump. You can double jump. You can um, let's see jump and then jump forward or you can jump and then dash down right and you're using like those mechanics in order to get to the end of each level which at the end of each level is the dragon's head because each level is a dragon you're running towards his head and you get to the head and then you have to kill the dragon to like gather its tooth or its eye or whatever um and once you kill a dragon you then jump off the dragon and then you're landing on different dragons to try and try and collect the different resources from the different colored dragons or you dive to the next sphere so you start off at the like thermosphere and then get to the mesosphere and then go on so on and so forth 
the game's pretty cool. Like it, it didn't <laughs> it didn't blow me away by by any means. I think the only thing that really kind of blew me away was the art style and the presentation. I think that stuff's really cool. But like I said, like the music's not not mixed that well. And then gameplay wise, like we we saw how much was going on on screen. That stuff kind of makes it difficult to kind of understand like where your bearings are. Gotcha. It's hard to really understand where like hit boxes are for enemies, and that was a problem. Like for most of my time while playing, I was like, I don't. Like I feel like I should be getting hits that I'm not getting, and I'm taking damage where I don't think I should be taking damage. Um, for a roguelite, I feel like there's a certain difficulty, like progression there should be. Like you shouldn't, like the game starts off on easy, and then by the second dragon you get to, I feel like it ramps up to hard. Oh wow! And I feel like there's there should be more of a natural progression. Like I play, I played quite a few hours, and I felt like I didn't really at any point felt compelled to really get better and really progress because i felt like i didn't really make i didn't i wasn't really progressing skill wise like i was progressing in terms of like you're starting over a lot the thing the the thing that you carry with you are upgrades that you can buy and then they will appear as power-ups within the levels okay you know i was progressing that but aside from that i didn't really feel like i was getting better at the game by any means gotcha um and so like you know i I enjoyed my time with it. I didn't hate it at any point while playing it. I thought it was pretty cool, but at the same time, it's not a game that after this I'm not going to go back to it. Sure. Like after this, I'm going to be pretty much done with it. Um, and also, there are key elements of the game that are told that are taught to you through loading screens, which was a frustrating thing. Mm. You know, like the I, I, when you're not a fan of when reading. you're at the end of the level and you're killing the dragon. Um, if you're playing as Stan, no, if you're playing as Sydney, if you're playing as Stanley, you have a sword. It is Shadow Colossus style where you lift the sword and at the, at the top of the lift, you then press the button and then stab the dragon. You have to do that a few times. If you're playing as Sydney, you have to do a, a, a different thing. I never understood that thing. <laughs> and, I, and I was waiting for the loading screen to tell me, but I never got that loading screen. I did get the loading screen for Stanley, which is how I understood Stanley's. Sure. So that's a frustrating thing. Um, and yeah, oh, the last thing I'll say is that I think gameplay wise, even though I have, I have some qualms, the thing I will say is that in other platformers where the focus is jumping and like executing jumps well, the thing that like Foxy Land too, like, like Foxy Land too. The thing that this which game, at the end, by the way, you end the level by going into a castle and going to the top and oh, raising a flag and fireworks. Are you off. serious? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. The thing, the thing that this game does uh, that I think makes it a bit more mechanically complex and also interesting is it. It's more about timing your falls than it is about timing your jumps. Oh, interesting. Right? So you want to you want to jump over your enemies, right? And you jump on top of enemies to kill enemies. But you have a lot of control. Or let me not say a lot of control. But it, the game emphasizes controlling your downfall. And so you can jump, and then if you press down, you fall a bit faster. Or if you press with Sydney, if you press circle, right, you do a far jump. Or if you do a press square, you do like a dash to the ground, right? You're using that in order to like land on enemies in specific ways, and if you if you get like a combo of like five, you regain health. The game, the game really wants you to like master like falling at certain points, and if you like mess up too, like you'll you will definitely get hit by enemies, and so I think that's like a cool thing. But the the hitbox situation kind of makes it difficult. It that is, sucks, man. Yeah, I don't even know if I can say it call it a hitbox situation, but or more of like a art style situation it sucks because it's one of those cases where the art style visually incredible in practice kind of ruins the experience a bit which i think is a bummer but that said i i had enough fun with it you know if the game looks cool to you i'd recommend giving it a shot okay uh i think it's only 15 dollars, and so there you go earth knight where are you coming where do you want to rank it then right now we have number one darwin project number two foxy land two number three graveyard keeper number four eclipse number five Rainbreaker. 
So I would definitely put it over Graveyard Keeper. Now I'm looking oh, wow. at Foxy Lane too and trying to figure out like. Here's hmm. the thing about Foxy Lane. Yeah. While unabashedly knocking off Mario, and I'm happy you caught on to that. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. It's mm-hmm. Mario. Who doesn't want more Mario? Who doesn't? You know what I mean? Who mm-hmm. doesn't want to do that? Is it Mario? No, of course not. You're a cute fox running around trying to get your kids back from these bosses. Mm-hmm. Mario never had that much depth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Trying to chase some woman he's not even married to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna put it under Foxy Land. I was gonna say you better. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do Foxy Land too like that. You're not like, even I into do it. have like there are things about Earth Knight that I think the game does incredibly. Again, art style, it being kind of unique in some of its gameplay elements. That said, it it can get frustrating in ways that Foxy Land Two seems to be just like a great laid back experience. Just run around, and get that platinum. Jump around, do some stuff. Double jump, you know. So there you go. How are you gonna get the good double jumps? Don't step on that spike. Oh, that platform fell away. You know. It's just Mario. <laughs> yes, it's just Mario. <laughs> and again, Mario's pretty good. Uh, Nathan, oh, I'm sorry, it was time to pick our thing from next week. What, what will we play next week? Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Uh, there, though, Nathan Showcat at Indie Ronin writes in and says, I'd like to suggest a couple of games this week for the 104 PSN games rank list. I know that you guys seemingly prefer to pick the games blind, but I think the list can be even more meaningful if you guys have games that you may actually enjoy rather than putting together a ranking of mediocre games. I may not always be able to give you a spot-on pick, but I'm hoping to get you uh, at least enjoying making the list. I'm enjoying making the list so far, for the record. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying saying, it, too, aside from that first week where I had to play Graveyard Keeper, and I kept you, losing my save, now and here, I almost went crazy. Here's where Nathan, is he clairvoyant? Nobody knows. The first one is called Coffee Talk, which oh. appears to be a super chill game when you listen to lo-fi music, make drinks for people as they order them, and listen to stories about their lives. The characters all look like they're from fantasy-related universes, but I still think Greg may enjoy immersing himself in learning about this strange metropolitan's inhabitants and managing the creation of their beverages. Picking one for Blessing is admittedly tough, though, since there seems to be quite a bit of garbage on the drop this week. <laughs> but Music Racer seems to be the one of the potentially more interesting titles. I'm not sure how he feels about rhythm games, B Jr., but the synth soundtracks in the game trailer sounded pretty hot, and it seems like you get to feel like you're going fast, possibly like Sonic. Oh, so said the magic word. <laughs> we're opening that up. We're opening it up, letting Nathan get in here and give some recommendations, sure. But we will now open up the drop. This is from, uh, of course, our friends at the PlayStation blog. Justin wrote it, as always. Here's what's coming out this week. Arc of Alchemist. Nobody's picking that. I'm not going to read it. Here's one. Autobahn Police Simulator 2. Oh. Start your even more exciting career as a law enforcer on Europe's fastest road now. Your adventure begins right in the middle in the police station where colleagues are present, too. Over the course of the game, you can further develop the station and gain access to new opportunities and missions this way. What? <laughs> Classic. That's a classic PlayStation blog blurb if I've ever read one. Uh, Book Bound Brigade. This is one that stood out to me for you, Bless. What if all protagonists of books lost their memory? Venture into their world and beat the hell out of the historical and literary characters you studied in school. Hmm. Book Bound Brigade is a new take on the established Metroidvania genre uh, where you get to lead a colorful bunch of real and fictional heroes. Oh, wow. Code Shifter. Over 100 characters appear in this absurd side-scrolling action game. New and somewhat nostalgic graphics that nicely blend flat and pixel art styles. A cheery comedy portraying everyday life at a video game company. Use the program Code Shifter to fix bugs. Will you have your game ready in time for the new release or for the release date? Then Coffee Talk, we've already talked a lot about. Mm-hmm. I think I've explained it enough. The Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing 3. Jump right into this unique action RPG and be the legendary monster hunter. Probably not. Uh, the Inner Friend. 
uh, descend into an eerie world made of scattered memories and unresolved traumas and explore a nightmarish landscape where you will come face to face with childhood fears and nightmares led by a mysterious shadow face fears and nightmares inhabiting its materialized subconscious universe the inner friend the inner friend i have an inner friend don't you sometimes it's an Audi friend uh, it came from space and ate our brains a merciless alien species that feeds on human brains duh has invaded the earth who can stand up to them? You, obviously. Save the world, or at least yourself. Send aliens to oblivion in this unique top-down arcade shooter where hordes of enemies are trying to co- corner you and get inside your skull. Journey to the Savage Planet. We, that's too AAA. We can't put that on there, right? That's a big. That's a bigger one from 505. Welcome to Pioneer, the Pioneer Program. Like, is that AAA or is that AA? That's AA. You're right. I apologize. That's mm. a good point. That's a good point. Uh, and this upbeat and colorful first-person adventure game. Didn't like it when I played a Judge of the Week. I'm not going to play it now. Mm-hmm. Kentu- Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition is one that I've been excited for, but I was going to play regardless, so mm-hmm. I disqualify myself. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition is a magical, realist adventure game in five acts, uh, featuring a haunting electronic score and a suite of hymns and bluegrass standards recorded by the Bed Quilt Ramblers. Originally published episodically over a span of years, the TV edition collects all five acts along with the interludes originally published separately. Uh, Kowandan. Kowandan? Is it Kowandan? Kowandan. Kowandan? Kowandan. Azuma Manor Story. Seemingly com- seamlessly combining 3D action and point-and-click adventure. Kowandan provides a nostalgic yet new experience. We're going to skip that one. Load Runner Legacy. Oh, that's... Oh, okay. Loadrunner, the action puzzle masterpiece, is back. Regain stolen gold from the enemies in the labyrinth. Play with your friends and local multiplayer. Create levels, characters, and share with players around the world. Mad Age and this guy. Ah, man. Mix of Bomberman and steampunk puzzle game with pixel art graphics and crazy piano music. Did I mention bombs and explosives? Milo's Quest. Oh, my God. Kevin, show Milo. Scroll down. Show Milo Quest art. Fuck yeah. Oh, wow. Is on Vita 2. Join Milo on his quest to lift a curse that brought back the evil King Old Skull. The young pupper Milo is enjo- enjoying his time in the park and sees a delicious bone to chew on. This bone is cursed and sets free the evil <laughs> King Old Skull. Now it's up to Milo to go on an adventure and stop the curse. Fuck, man. That's good. Music Racer. This is the one I think they were talking about, right? Music Racer is the dynamic rhythm game loved by millions of players around the world. Rush along futuristic neon tracks. Gather beats. Catch the rhythm. Uh, the racetrack is created in real time based on the game's music tracks. Get the rhythm and collect as many points as possible. And then Triple O Ascension. Guide your way through 90 unique challenging levels, racing against the clock, and a test of skill, reflexes, and patience in this award-nominated <laughs> indie arcade speedrunner. I like the honesty. Award nominated. We're not an award winner, <laughs> yeah. all right? Don't even Google it. We're nominated. <laughs> uh, Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire, uh, The God, Ethelhoss, uh, and Awaken from a Sleeve. Uh, well, nobody cares. Pro Deer Hunting, PlayStation 4 Digital, another great box art of a deer oh with God. a deer head coming oh out of it. Oh, my God. Hunt four different North American whitetail deer subspecies. Take your deer hunting to the next level. Stunning realism in graphics, environments, and hunting tactics allow you to test your skills. See if you have what it takes to be the next pro deer hunter. Who proved this? Saboteur. Saboteur is a classic retro game from 1985. Now, after 35 years, Sim Fabric, in collaboration with Clive Townsend, has prepared a special remastered version of Saboteur for PS4. Shadow the Ronin. God, there's a lot of fucking games. This Dude, week. there are a lot of I games. I didn't expect it when we launched in, guys. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, oh, man. A legendary samurai of ancient capital Imperial was deprived uh, and expelled from the lands, and all your family killed by the orders of the emperor. After these events, he swore vengeance against the opponents until death. Thus begins a long and bloody battle. Sisters Royal, five sisters under fire. 
the first game in 12 years from Alpha System. The team that brought you Shoot 'em Up uh, Castle of Shinkigami 3. Uh huh. Yeah, that's going to go on. Sister Throw Royale. anything. Uh, get secret missions from Secret Delivery Agency and save the world from Zombie Horde in this VR action game. Throw anything. PSVR? No, well, yeah. I mean, I'm on PlayStation. They know that. Uh, there's nowhere to run. Blah, blah, blah. Top Run. That's another guy and his dog. Top Run is an endless runner with platformer elements. Play as Kevin and his dog, Buddy, and make your way through the neon city full of dangerous enemies. It has everything we love. Neon pixel, ne- neon pixel art, a bit of OutRun, tiny pieces of synthwave, scanline, VHS effects. What else? What else anyone want? That's what I'm reading right. What else anyone would want in a Russia arcade game? Oh, my God. Vigilante Ranger. He's still not over, guys. You see what they did with the VR there? Vigilante Ranger is an intense tower defense virtual reality (laughs) game that will transport you to dystopian future where the uh, Willie Jetman Astro Monkey's Revenge fuck me Willie Jetman Astro Monkey's Revenge is an arcade shooter full to the full to the brim with action and shooting inspired by the console classics of the 90s a mysterious accident causes an environmental disaster on a faraway planet but don't worry here's Willie a friendly street sweeper who somehow gets wrapped up in the biggest space adventure ever told Fuck me. God that damn, bless. That was I was not prepared. <sighs> so what are you feeling? Are you going to take oh the, the Nathan recommendation here? I mean, I liked... so. You like Rhythm, you say? I, I do like Rhythm, and as you're reading, reading through those, I, I went and looked up some of them, and Music Racer does look... It looks pretty cool. Um, I've never played Kentucky Route Zero. Were you going to play it already, though? No. Okay. Fair. And I don't even know if I'm going to pick it, but... I, 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 my thing is I've heard for years that I need to play this game and I was, I've always been that lame guy who's like I will wait till it's fully done mm-hmm. and now that it's fully done I'm in wait Kevin what's this the inner friend this is the inner friend so far why, are they, why, is, it, why is it Metroid because it's about to get fucking real see look at is now this he's legal gonna... you know what bless you are really <laughs> concerned about being a narc you know what I mean I'm just trying to if nobody narcs rights. on Foxy Lane 2 we get Foxy Lane 3 I'm trying to make sure people this looks like a life is strange Except Stranger. I was going to say, I don't know. Uh, up until the inner friend came out of it. Yeah, when the inner friend left, that's when I was like, okay, maybe not. Well, actually, well, the friend did leave in Life Strange also, so. It's prequel spoilers. No adult. We're watching the inner friend trailer here. Are you a horror guy? Because it seems like a horror game. Yeah, not you got, really? When you got wheelchairs floating in the air and one of them turns upside down, that's a horror game. As you dive into your subconscious mind. I probably shouldn't say anything. These guys were in uh, the showcase, though. For so the inner you. friend? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I will say that... Whoa! That wow. guy's got no penis. Uh, <laughs> that was almost dire. That was almost a... Uh, that's almost a <laughs> copyright strike. We're taking off the air forever. That's a butt. Yeah, probably good So idea. what I'll tell you about it is, obviously, they're in the showcase. That means I thought the game looked good enough there. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm feeling it. Yeah, I understand. Uh, so, more sirens are coming for us, by the way. Co- how, did you beat Coffee Talk, or are you still playing it? I'm still playing Coffee Talk. Which I don't know how that works. You tell me. I guess I was interested enough to play it, so I'm disqualified from choosing it, right? Oh, yeah. You're disqualified. Okay. I, but I'm oh, you might, for, you for, might steal for it for me. Okay. Um, I appreciate that. That game sound pretty cool. sounds pretty cool. Uh, Autobahn Police Simulator 2. Wow. Autobahn Police Simulator 2's description is so bad it is. that I really want to see what it looks like. I uh, know. That's my thing, too. Is I want to see... Kevin, like, can, I see, can you find me a trailer for Autobahn Simulator 2? Start your even more exciting career as a law enforcer on Europe's fastest road now. Your adventure begins right in the police station where colleagues are present, too. Over the course of the game, you can further develop the station and gain access to new opportunities and missions this way. Oh. 
Oh, fuck. This is different from what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Audubon Police Simulator 2. First look, English has 82,000 views. <laughs> this, this Give me a jump. This is the Northern Alex we're looking at. It looks like Northern <laughs> Alex had, had a thing to it. Oh, yeah, and he's going to start talking. Yeah, this we don't want that. that Whoa. Whoa. Holy cow. Wow, if you're an audio listener, you owe it to yourself to jump this part of the podcast. We have a, we're seeing through someone's head, it looks like, in a cutscene. A person's talking to us and animating, uh, not, not lifelike, not lifelike. It's rough. And then there's a little map down in the corner. No, no, that, yeah, I think that's, uh, no, I think that's the last They're playing the game, yeah. Yeah, you might want to mute it, too, because they're talking, they're talking. We don't know what they're going to say. Yeah, they could say anything. Okay, I'm not gonna pick that one because okay, that looks smart, miserable. Smart. Yeah, that's I'm, I like think it. I'm leaning. My thing is, I wanted to look up gameplay for this. Um, the wow, this looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, no offense to the people who worked on this. I mean, they know. <laughs> wow. But um, I was I was also interested in Shadow of the Ronin, but I looked it up and all I could find was, was Lego stuff, like Lego Ninja Ninjago stuff. Yeah. And so I don't want to take the chance on that. I think I'm probably gonna go Music Racer. I'm probably gonna take the advice. Of that person who wrote in. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to it. Music racer. You're doing the music racer? Yeah. Alright. Kevin, I'm gonna send you to assets. Milo's quest trailer here, alright? Cause now we're in a dilemma. Is there one you're you Ryan? I mean, like it's a dog and he's got a magical bone that does something bad, right? Like look how cool music racer is. Let me looks. see music racer, yeah. So if you're Oh wow. Yo, I made the right choice. Oh, this looks fuck. Awesome. Yeah, no, you made the real right choice. Yeah, okay. If you're at home, if you're driving your car, yeah. It's like a You're going left or right. It's amazing. This is 100% what you should. It's a game where he's driving around hitting the beats and is picking up stuff yeah. and making music. And he's Man. hitting po poles. That's bad. He yeah. shouldn't hit the pole that much. We'll see how that uh where that ends on the list cuz that might that might be the one that takes takes it over uh Darwin project, but we'll see. Now, I've sent Kevin the Milo's quest thing. And so, here's what I want you to know. Milo's on a quest. Look at him, a little cute dog. Makes me think of Porty, right? He's getting some bones out of bushes. Looks like he can spend the bones to get stuff. Our prophet need a golden key to open this chest. There's the bad skull guy that he was talking about earlier. There's Milo getting mad at him. Battle against ghosts. Who doesn't want that? This looks cute. This it looks really cute. I play this game. You would not play this. I game. think I would play it. I don't think you'd play this in on a game. handheld. It looks like, like what? Like a, it's like a, it's it's Zelda meets I'm a dog. Yeah, no, that I, I think that's the. If thing you're an uh, if you're an audio listener, it's a very color, it's a Technicolor Zelda. Yeah, like top down Zelda look Zelda looking like game. They're like Boo looking creatures from like Mario that are the enemies, but they're cuter than Boo. Battle against big bosses. Honestly, dude, this game looks pretty cool. Now here's what I'm gonna tell you, as a hundred percent person, I'm Greg Miller. I'm as real as they come. Pause it. 100% person. You know what I mean? You can actually, if you want, all right, show it to everybody. Oh, it's on Vita, too. Yeah. Oh, and, and it's a Rattalika game. Oh. Which means it will be an easy, cheap trophy list. I will put it to you guys. I'm going to say, I mean, I would either do, I would have done that, and I would have done it with no shame today if I hadn't had to step in mm -hmm. and do uh, the last one. The Foxy Land Two. Yeah. Foxy Land Two wasn't my pick. Remember, I said I would play it. So hold on. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it to a vote of Kevin, and 
the one and only blessing Eddie O'Yea Jr. decide, okay? I'm fine with it. I say you do it. Like, I have well, no you, problem. There's not even a vote yet. I'm gonna give, I was going to give you a choice. I'm sorry. Oh, choice. Oh, yeah, okay. sorry, that's Pro deer hunting. Do it, you coward. Do it. Pro deer hunting. Pro deer hunting. Based alone on that looks so terrible. Yeah. That but graphic, I mean, if that's what you guys want, if you are oh, you going to find a trailer for pro deer hunting? That is an, an unfortunate graphic. Pro deer hunting. <laughs> <laughs> that is an unfortunate graphic. It's going to look like any other hunting game, I bet. Well, first off, it already looks better than I thought it would. Oh, no, that's the hunter. That's not it at all. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, oh. I was like, fuck the hunter. When you can't find pro deer hunting, that's the number one sign that troubles foot. <sighs> so I'll put it up. Milo's Quest is one of my picks. Mm-hmm. The other one I'll put it up against is it came from space. And ate our brains. Uh, that was another one I was looking at. I looked up the trailer for it. If you forget, a merciless alien species that feeds on human brains, duh, has invaded Earth. Who can stand up to them? You, obviously. Save the world, or at least yourself. Send aliens to oblivion in this unique top-down arcade shooter where hordes of enemies are trying to corner you and get inside your skull. My personal tastes say Milo's Quest, but I will say it came from Space and ate our brains, has a unique look, at this look and style and to it. With yeah, everybody yeah. living quietly, peacefully, should be but this world is coming to an end wait there's a hero huh. who will save us all or maybe so two of them. Shooting. Shooting. No, oh four players four heroes the brain okay you used all your life right like this looks like oh. yeah it's a it shmup right? yeah, or it's well a... not a shmup technically okay. but uh, you know Sometimes. uh twin stick shooter twin probably stick, yeah. yeah twin Time stick shooter. it looks like oh yeah very stylized cartoony i guess um dead nation Mm-hmm. But you're, you're playing as like blocked, like blocked characters. Yeah. Like a looking. All right. Again, people. what I'm gonna say is wait, wait, wait. Did better massacre than a Tarantino movie. Henry age 39. More squares <laughs> than Minecraft. Brian age nine. <laughs> Bad boring play. Do not. Big alien. No age. That's funny. That's cute. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it because I already did a Rattleika thing. I don't want this just to be an excuse for me getting cheap trophies. Okay. All right. So bless. What uh, is your pick again? Uh, my pick is Music Racer. Even though I might still play Milo's Questions, cause I think that game looks. looks oh yeah, no, good. I'm gonna again. That's what I'm talking about. That's right there is what we're talking about. Uh huh. I'm gonna play Milo's Quest. Okay. I'm gonna get these trophies now. Will I do it like now or a year from now? Who knows? But it's gonna happen. And then I'm doing. It came from space and ate our brains. Unless I can do Patapon. No. Damn. Fucking try it there at the end. You know what I mean? Try to wiggle it in. It's not even on the drop. It's cause it was breaking news. Exclusive to us today. You know what I mean? When does the drop come out? Fridays. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Kevin. Blessing. Are yes. you ready for this week's X's and O's? Wow, we're only here? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm, d- I'm down. Well, let's do it. I thought you were about to say, like, are you, about, are you ready to do, like, the whole game of the year from 2011 or whatever? No, 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 no. I was going to say, I was gonna say well, I'm glad you're ready. But first, a word from our sponsors. This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by Postmates. My name's Greg Miller, and I use Postmates all the time. I deliver food to this office all the time. Sandwiches, chicken wings, pizzas, you name it. I get it here. I get it at home because I, I enjoy food so much, but then most of these places don't deliver. But Postmates, you don't have to worry about that. You send the person there. They get the food. They bring it right to you. 
It's beautiful. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service you want all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is, which I never do. We travel so much, right, Kev? We do this all the time. Get stuff delivered to the house. Postmates will deliver it to you. Download the app on iOS and Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, post... <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Kevin, I'm dying. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start free deliveries, download the app and use the code PSILOVEYOU, all one word. That's code PSILOVEYOU for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code PSILOVEYOU. All right, time for this week's X's and O's. Uh, blessing. As you know, this is where we go through and plunder the news of the week and find things that pertain to PlayStation. Talk about it here, all right? So here's one that I thought broke over the weekend that's interesting. And I wanted to propose a question to you, sir. Hit me. All right? Uh, again, we talked about the impies at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. This cool media molecules doing this whole thing. They're doing their own award show. That's amazing. Uh, they had a bunch of guest judges. They had a bunch of uh, messages, video messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a guy, Ben, from this Mid-Max Media. Never heard of him. Don't know what that is. Never so heard of it. Never heard of it. Uh, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny. Never heard of him. Not Most importantly, they had the man himself, Shuhei Yoshida. Oh, to did end they? it. Yeah, at the very end. He was the one right before the final game. Or final word, I should say, right? And as Stephen Talby over at Push Square reports, uh, Shu came out and said something very interesting. This is the quote he, that Stephen wrote down from the thing we all watched. Quote, You have seen these amazing creations in today's awards, but this is just the start. I've been saying that Dreams is going to be a 10-year project. Not 10 years in development, <laughs> but 10 years after launch. Hmm. Uh, Steven goes on to say, It sounds as though she was expecting Dreams to be a game that will continue to grow for, for a long time. He continues, quote, I can't, cannot wait to see how this platform develops and how this tool will enable the future creators of video games that everybody will enjoy, end quote. Blessing Adioye Jr. Mm-hmm. Shuhei Yoshida thinks... That Dreams is a 10-year project. Do you? I think it's, it's it's hard for me to really go all the way with that idea. Yeah. Because we've heard that being, be, we've heard that said about multiple games, right? We've heard that said about Destiny. We've heard that said about like other games as a service games that I that I think like started off this generation that like, oh yeah, these are 10-year projects. I think Dreams I think it could be, honestly. Like I yeah. I don't doubt its longevity because I feel like if any, like I feel like this is the type of game that you would want to last, right? Especially like if it's going to be like we theorize, like if it's gonna if it's gonna kick off this generation, that's gonna be a game that that transitions to PS5 and then just lives on uh, during that generation. I could see Dreams' longevity carrying on and people creating for it consistently, right? I think that I think what it comes down to for Dreams is like the power of the tools, and I think the tools are pretty powerful from what we've seen. Yeah, and so I don't. I don't not have faith, you know, that it could last for 10 years. Granted, 10 years is a long time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't I, – I could see it lasting for a, a bit, right? I could, I, could, I could see it living for a bit, right? How long? I, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, 
this is always the struggle with games where there is the hey somebody's making art they're making this creation they're trying they're you know they're putting their passion to life mm. and then there is the business side of it and so i of course am a moron and i don't have a business degree and i don't actually work in video games outside of talking about them what i struggle with is what that means when she says it's going to be you know a 10-year project that it has that long of legs because comparing it to little big planet right little big planet one 2008 Little Big Planet 2, 2011. Mm. Little Big Planet 3, granted, not Media Molecule, but Little Big Planet 3, 2014, with PSP and 09 and Vita and 12 in there, right? Mm. Like, granted, you know, levels continue to, to carry over from Little Big Planet, but does that count as 10 years of Little Big Planet? Is that, would that be the same thing with Dreams being a game that has been in development the entirety? You're right. The mm. entirety at Media Molecule of the PlayStation 4. Like, yeah. to finally be getting it out here in the final breaths of the PlayStation 4. Do you, th- do you think there's a possibility of a Dreams 2, though? Because this feels so definitive in terms of what and it that, is. And that's the struggle that I, I can't wrap my head around is that I, do, I hope. Because, again, like, I am like you, where I feel torn about Dreams, mm. where it is legitimately, I watch this shit, I watch the Impies, I see all the stuff they put out, and I'm like, this is incredible. I want to be a part of this. I can't wait for the final version, right? Like, I'm trying to hold off as long as I can to be part of that final thing. And I trust Media Molecule. I know how talented they are. I think they're all amazing. I I would call a few of them friends, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's this business side of it, of, like, how much money has PlayStation put into that? Dreams, Media Molecule, over this generation. And what has the return been? And so then to get Dreams out into the hands, right, of these people, I would argue in a lot of ways the people who already have the early access who have bought into that to be creators are the most hardcore they are the literally the literally the audience dream the media molecule dreams of mm-hmm. no pun intended that like these are the people who will be ride or die with us making all sorts of cool shit coming home from work or school and putting 12 hours into it passing out and then doing it all over again tomorrow that's amazing three years in what's the return on investment on that? Like Little Big Planet, I think a lot of people lose sight of Little Big Planet. Even if it wouldn't have gone beyond Little Big Planet one or two, mm-hmm. there were microtransactions at the wazoo of that I bought all of. Of like, hey, guess what? We're putting on all the DC comic character packs and levels and shit. I was like, oh fuck, I'm buying that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that made sense. Is Dreams doing a similar thing? Because that doesn't make sense. Because it is build anything, do anything, put your voice in it, put music in it. Like it's this awesome creation suite. But it seems so wide and vast that I don't know how you charge again for a Dreams 2. Do you feel like it's the type of game that it that does get a lot of post-release content as far as like updates? Like, do you put in tools into Dreams? Yes. Like, like, do you know what type of tools though? Like, no, because I'm not that creative. Yeah, it's I. It will be something that there. Uh, the 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 dream struggle is going to be. And this is where I really think uh, you want to talk about. Like I always talk about the Tale of Two Playstations, right? Where there was the we're super weird and quirky and we're putting out whatever PlayStation 3 generation or mm-hmm. PlayStation 3. And then PlayStation 4 has over time, of course, become way more like just AAA. This is what we're doing. Third parties carry the weight. Yeah. Indies will come because they have to. Media Molecule Dreams is caught in between that. Of uh, They are so, and I don't mean this as an insult, artsy-fartsy. Mm-hmm. Like they are artists and that's great and that's rad and I love talking to them and interviewing them, having them on shows and seeing what they've made. But does... PlayStation see the value in that? And I think, honestly, having Herman at the head of Worldwide Studios, yes, he does. But even then, it goes up the chain of PlayStation and Sony, right? Of, like, 
are you making money? Is this making money? We're spending so much on video games. Are we getting the yeah. return? And like Naughty Dog makes a return, right? You even you assume with the success sales wise of Days Gone, they made a return on mm-hmm. investment. Like it's there somewhere that this is all checking out. But is Dreams going to on February fourteenth? How is Dreams going to sell? Is that does it have it like? And I'm not even talking about MPD. When we get to March, is that going to be in the top ten PlayStation downloads off PSN? Yeah, like it. I, I want to believe that the way PlayStation sees Media Molecule and Dreams is similar to how, like, maybe, you know, Ubisoft would see their UbiArt games or EA oh, would dude, see I their, so. their EA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Unravel and all that. Yeah, yeah. Unra- like, those, like those types yeah. of games, right? Where it is like, hey, yeah, like, we know this isn't going to sell a crazy amount of numbers. Like, this isn't going to sell Uncharted numbers or this isn't going to sell Horizon numbers. But it's di- it's diversifying our per- portfolio in a way that is really cool and really unique. And we're doing this because this is good for the industry or this is good for the creativity of the industry. Like yeah. I, I would like to think that that's how PlayStation sees media molecule. And I don't, I don't know if they do or not, or if yeah. that's the thing they want to do. Granted, like with what you're saying, right. Of like how PlayStation's kind of evolved over the last generation of them going from like, yeah, let's put out, um, the last Caraway guy sounds like, like a great idea. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> or like, okay. you know, <laughs> up until now where it's like, they've been quiet and they're about to, they're about to put out, um, Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima and Iron Man VR and projects that are going to carry forward their 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 platforms in very yeah. specific ways. Uh, in like the reason why I ask the the question about like post launch support is because like I want to know what is Media Molecule going forward after Dreams right after they launch Dreams are do they go into a new project like a new game or is it all hands on deck? We are supporting Dreams indefinitely and then you know we'll pick up a new project later on like and that's what is the idea and i and that's where it gets so fascinating because again i think and i'm I, we're not game developers we don't understand what's going on i feel like with the infrastructure and the way we've been talked about of what playstation 5 is again i think dreams is just a playstation 5 game and it's backwards compatible yeah. but i mean i think they are very clear that it, as they move there it is just it's there. It's yeah, like, I don't think you call it a 10-year game without it being a PS5 game. And so then it gets really fascinating of, okay, we have this thing, and can they make a marketplace in there to sell stuff and take cuts? Can they be an Epic store? And I don't mm. mean – let me draw that back. I don't mean Epic Game Store like selling you the final product. I mean like uh, – uh, Can they be like a marketplace? The engine. Can they yeah, – where it's oh, like yeah. you're making something, and rather than just give it away, you are charging me for this pristine – and we get this whole thing of like – Obviously, you can't sell me a Superman, but you could sell me a tree, right, in Dreams or something of that yeah. level. And then in the same breath, can you do the same thing with a level where, it, like, you and maybe, maybe not us as we share each other's stuff, you know, riff on each other's stuff. And so it's like I'm selling a level that, you know, Andy made, but I've I've done something too. I'm promoting it better and I'm selling it. Like that doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. But what about like what we've talked about before? Where, okay, cool. There's a Dreams drop every year. Dream do- drop distance. Every year, Dreams gets an update that is a new pack of levels for Media Molecule that you have to buy. Or mm-hmm. the creator's pack, where it is that we brought in, and I know it'll never happen, but we brought in Kojima and Tim Schafer and you know Corey Barlog, mm-hmm. and they've made games, and we'd like to sell them to you for five bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like at a certain point, that stuff gets super complicated, totally. though, in a way where like if you want to facilitate a marketplace between users that can probably get very messy in terms of figuring out how to monetize things and also how to like you know do this like get around like legal stuff in terms of like selling like selling levels and allowing users to, to, to do all that in a way where 
I feel like the I feel like the solution is probably just to just make Dreams a pack in for the PS5 and have it live on that way to where now everybody every single person who has a next gen console owns Dreams and can mess with Dreams and can go in there, right? And I think like instead of doing like the the packs on the player side where you're buying packs of levels, you're then buying as a creator, you're buying packs for creator tools where it's like, okay, here's um I don't know, man. A ray tracing tool or whatever, right? <laughs> Where it's like, oh, now you can mess with like ray tracing in your in your. But level, even, and I, I hear you and I agree with you. And even as we talk about my ideas and your ideas, none of them sound congruent with what Media Molecule is mm. and what Dreams is, right? Dreams is supposed yeah. to be this open platform how, where you all go do stuff. How did little did little Big Planet ever monetize in a way? Like I was talking about, like they did officially licensed packs and levels. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I bought oh, DC I stuff. That. I bought Uncharted stuff. Like I bought all sorts of stuff. Oh, then may- I might be way off then. But it's the thing of like that would have, and like I guess maybe we're being. Hold on one second. PS3, a little big planet. Um, DC Comics. Uh, yeah, they called like them premium. They called them premium level packs, and they yeah they were uh, level kits. They had uh, all sorts of stuff, and they had costumes. They had level. Yeah, DC or Little Big Planet Two DC Comics premium level kit. Join the Justice League and save the universe. Uh, save the universe. The mm-hmm. Justice League has been captured. Lex Luthor and blah 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 blah. Download this, and you'll get original superhero story plus all these oh, wow. goodies which was hero cape wall jump and invisible materials five wall superhero jump. theme levels two superhero themes mini games 29 objects 20 or 29 materials 20 objects 41 decorations 179 stickers okay blah blah blah, blah, blah. so it's, it's that was 6.99 it's basically like a combination of what we're saying of like they're selling in like creator tools and actual levels that showcase those tools yeah which i think makes sense in that context like you know the uh, dreams makes it a bit difficult because you can't necessarily sell like if you're if you're if you're going to sell a dc level pack in dreams then you are just making super superman levels like you can't make superman themed little big planet levels right in dreams because dreams is more so from the ground up in a way whereas hmm i feel like if you're selling selling tools and then selling level packs in order to showcase those tools makes sense makes like i i understand how that works and I think they can maybe figure out in Dreams how to make that work. I, I think it'd be harder with the licensing licensing stuff, but I think that at, at the very beginning, at, at at least, you know, they could do original stuff of like, yeah, we've created a new tool that is, you know, making it easier for you to program X thing. Yeah. And here are different ways in which we've implemented it. Implemented it in like, in like the way that Mario Maker, they just added like the whole Zelda thing, or you can play as Link yeah, yeah. in levels, and that changes the game mechanically. You know, and I don't, I don't. I can't remember, and I don't think actually that they had packs of levels to go with that update. But Dreams, in theory, could do that. Yeah, but it's you—you you hit the nail on the head. And for the record, I do think I believe that I've interviewed Alex from Media Molecule about this, and I'm, uh, years and years and years ago, where I mentioned something about microtransactions and packs, and he said yes. But I haven't, I haven't heard anything, and I just did a quick Google search. I didn't see anything either. But you nailed nail it so much of like it is no longer. Hey, here's the DC level pack, and there's some levels to play, and now you can go put Sackboy in a Superman costume. Mm-hmm. Like, that's easy, right? You make a good point of it's not that anymore. It is like, also, I just want to paint. I, I, yeah. I just want to do, I just need VO. Can you give me Christopher yeah. Reeve? Like, like there's box, so many different you know, things you can yeah. do with dreams that it's harder. Like, people aren't just making levels. You yeah. know, people are making like songs, people are making movies, people are making paintings, people are in VR sculpting, right? And even within within the sphere of people that are just making games, there are limitless amounts of games that people are making, like types of games, right? So you have like JRPGs that people are making, you have platformers, you have 3D platformers, you have 
um, action games, shooters. Like, it's hard to really. What are you gonna do with that, right? Yeah, yeah. like how what what are you gonna curate so you can package it up and sell it to a creator? Yeah. Um. So maybe even going the levels route in that case, or like going the individual like game packs route in that case, might make it easier. But even then, like, it's it's difficult. Like, why would I buy a game pack when I can just right play from because again like i don't i i we can't i know i feel like this it's always this weird thing when we talk about dreams in this show because it is very much us stumping for how amazing it is and then also in the same breath being like i don't know if it's gonna work yeah <laughs> you know what I, mean? I think like the, the thing is like we know how impressive it is like we played with, with yeah. it we've seen the potential that it has and even I, th- I feel like anybody can just go and scroll through the created created stuff in dreams be like oh yeah this stuff looks incredible like i can't believe people are making these things like even within when the early early access thing first launched, right? We saw people making like Resident Evil and PT and yeah. different recreations of games that we recognized, right? Or at least concepts of those, work in progress versions of those, right? Like even with that, right? Like it's very like Dreams is super impressive and super cool. And technology wise, like you know, every time I see something in it or see something cool in it, it kind of blows my mind. Yeah. But it does. It always comes back to like, okay, cool how does this do commercially how does it sell yeah and it's hard to really make that argument for it but like you know it sucks because you don't want something selling to be the reason why it, it can exist you know like this thing to say that this thing shouldn't exist because it can't sell no kind of sucks but that's also kind of the reality of but that's not even my question i don't even know if that's the question right like oh, it yeah. exists it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be great my the question becomes do you, is it going to be? I, I think the th- same thing I keep having conversations with when I talk about dreams with people is, oh yeah, it looks really cool. I don't know if I believe in it, like in terms of it being a product. So to have hmm. Shu be like he thinks it's a ten year project is the most bullish thing I've heard about it. In 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 a world of people sitting there being like, yeah, it looks awesome. Is anybody going to buy it? Is anybody going to care about it? Is hmm. this going to break outside of just the people who listen to podcasts and hang yeah? Out? Which is why I come back to like I I think it. It has to be packaged to the PS5. I don't know if they're going to do that. I kind of don't have faith that they're going to do that. I don't but that'd be awesome. I, still I think, think that'd be a bold and great move. For the dreams. best thing they could do is give some kind of version of it that's on whatever their new XMB is. It's it's there when you turn on your. It's already installed. It's already there. Mm. It's it's limited. Yeah, of like I don't know if you can just play. You can just yeah. download. You can only you play. Can't play you can't create. It's or something basically like that. yeah, exactly. There'd be a bunch of different things to be like. No, try this shit and see it. And I think that'd be really great for it. But who knows? Who knows? Here in the X's and O's, I want to continue. Another story from last week was uh, PlayStation has the highest customer brand loyalty. You had this one on Games Daily. Yes. You had it from Aran Suddy at the Sixth yes. Access. Uh, best CEO company study. Uh, they surveyed uh, basically a little over 1,000 people across different generations and had a high margin of error. But what they came up with was, according to uh, Aran, uh, when it came to video games, 40.7% of responders were loyal to PlayStation, 31 to Xbox, and 30.4 to Nintendo. The survey then lumped gaming PC brands and PC laptop brands under one umbrella, splitting them at 14.7% and 8.6% respectfully. Respectively. Uh, in terms of the new generation of consoles, a third of respondents want to buy the PS5, while a quarter want the Xbox Series X. 8% said they would buy both machines. The question I have for you, Blessing, mm-hmm. is this surprising? No. I mean, it's. I feel like this lines up with sales numbers. And so, like, when you look at how many people have PS4s out there versus how many people have sure. Switches and how many people have Xboxes, I feel like this is the natural kind of conclusion you'd come down to if you're pulling people on based on where their loyalties lie. Um, I don't really know if this... See, this is a hard one for me to, to talk about even on KFG when we were talking about it because I was just like... 
I don't know what the discussion is here. No, the, As, yeah. like, like this this seems more reflective of the reality of oh yeah, most people have PlayStations if you're looking at consoles. And so like if I was talking about like people who are most dedicated to their console, it I feel like I could make the argument for Nintendo yeah. because they're the most unique. And so like they have and like because they have um more history there. So like I can look at Nintendo fans and be like, "Hey, well, people really love Mario, people love Zelda, people lo- love those N- Nintendo franchises in a way that is hard to really it's hard to really compare that to people who are with other consoles in in franchises with the, yeah, within yeah. those consoles but you know i think it, like sheer numbers wise of allegiances i think yeah this makes sense for me the thing I, I don't find it surprising either but it is interesting when you sit there and you have that breath after it and look at the numbers and think about it and it is oh wow nintendo's so low because mm-hmm. i do think that in terms of nostalgia no one in the video game industry does it better than nintendo Oh yeah, they you know they have everybody has their moments of whatever Nintendo console was, but unwrapping it at the holidays and having it and that be your thing and you know Mario and yada yada yada, but that's nostalgia versus what's current. And I think currently, you know, we were we were just talking about this with Patapon during the uh, uh, first impressions you did with me, where you're like, why this? Why bring this back? And it's that thing that PlayStation's been around long enough. That it has nostalgia, but it's yeah. actually just memory. Whereas nostalgia for Nintendo is a different thing of like this this lineage and this history and this family and like the stories of Awada and Miyamoto and all these different things. Whereas PlayStation still feels modern. Like, yeah. You're a part of that story still, whereas Nintendo's so entrenched already. I think it's all it's also a thing of PlayStation feels like you it's it feels like a console you have to have in a way. Yeah. Whereas like Switch for a lot of people is a secondary console. You know, yeah. I have like if I had to choose one console, console to buy, I would probably choose a PlayStation over a Switch, just because I know all my third parties coming there. I know yeah. I can get most of the games I want to play there, right? And then I get a Switch because I want to play Mario and Zelda and like a lot of the exclusives that Nintendo has on there. But yeah, like there there is a uh, there's a like history there with Nintendo as far as like the the games they have that you know it's hard to hard to stack up against. But yeah, when you look at PlayStation. Like PlayStation versus Xbox versus Nintendo, as far as like, as far as lineage versus um, how they stack up in modern day, yeah. Then yeah, PlayStation has kind of both those things, right? You know, they have you, you can look back at PS One and look back at Crash and Spyro and Metal Gear Solid and and the history there. But you can also look at PlayStation today and be like, okay, yeah, like it feels like the like it almost feels like the default console, yeah. right? Where you can come here to play your Call of Duties or your third parties, but also like you have your big exclusives with God of War and Last of Us and all these different things. Yeah, and I think that's the other big thing right now. And this is not a knock against Nintendo and what we're talking about, but I think also PlayStation's cool. Like their branding is cool. They get that in a different way. Like, you know, like my Mario Christmas sweater is a Christmas sweater with Mario's face on it and the mm-hmm. PlayStation's one is more embedded with the sacred symbols and all these different things even looking at like this like the our uh, PS I love you background right with all the colors and the thing and all the different consoles and mm-hmm. units like it's cool and there's I don't know I when I look at insert coin right I go there and I look at their PlayStation shirts and jackets and everything mm-hmm. else it's like this is cool this is a brand I would wear mm-hmm. outside of you know granted of course Greg Miller would wear it but I just mean like Outside of a Luigi shirt, yeah. That said, I feel like there is a certain like in the in the way in the way the way in which you're saying PlayStation is cool. I think there is a certain like I don't know what the word is for Nintendo, but there is a word there. I, I don't know if it's cute or like no. Like there's a there's like there's a different 
sphere of I could see somebody rocking a Nintendo sweatshirt outside and totally. I'm like, hey, Nintendo, right? Whereas like if I see somebody rocking an Aloy shirt, I'm probably gonna be more like, oh snap, like they like they really like Rise of Zero Dawn, they're wearing an Aloy shirt, right? Well, like I feel like Zelda and Mario and, and uh Pokemon and all sure. those different franchises under Nintendo are almost more ubiquitous in a way that like there, there's two different words for it, but I understand what you're saying as far as like PlayStation. See, but even cool. though what you're saying, I think takes it in an interesting way because mm-hmm. you jump to Aloy, I jump to just straight up like a PlayStation, PlayStation logo. You know what I mean? Yeah, the PlayStation logo, those PlayStation Letterman jackets mm-hmm. they did, where it's like <clears throat> there's something classic modern about that, and in terms yeah. of us being huge dorks, cool about it. Like, what's the Mass Effect thing that you N7. see? N seven, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's almost more natural to see, or somebody wearing 100%. like an Aperture Laboratories like yeah. shirt, right? Yeah, like, yeah. and and I guess that's less so PlayStation branding and more so like these are the games that you play on PlayStation that you probably wouldn't play on Nintendo. Sure. But um, yeah, like it's it's hard to really compare brand loyalty because I feel like it, I feel like at a certain point it's apples and oranges to how we treat different uh, platforms. You know, because I could even make an I feel like I could also make an argument for Xbox in here where like Spoilers, I have you couldn't. I <laughs> I have well, when you're wearing the Master Chief helmet walking around. Yeah, but like Master Chief, I feel like is Patapon more iconic than Master Chief. I said it. I mean, I wouldn't say that. Mission but accomplished. Hey, that's Greg Miller tweeted at him at Game Over Gray on Twitter. No, but like I feel like Master Chief in terms of of um, being recognized, it's hard for me to really put up a PlayStation mascot against Master Chief. If like I saw two people wearing shirts on the street and me being like, oh yeah, like it's this guy. I feel like Master Chief is is very recognizable um i agree in a way that like you know i'm i'm not necessarily going to make the argument for brand loyalty but i i I think there are i feel like xbox fans are definitely like out here like they're like they're a a thing for sure no no i'm not taking away from that Mm -hmm. but again i think i would fall back on i I, and i know you're right and i know a lot of people cry out for drake or sackboy or whatever i also am with you that i think master chief is so iconic in terms of like you look at him, you know it's Xbox, you know this is the thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's been, how many times have I run into our friend Tyroot, I'm like, are you cosplaying as Nathan Drake right now? He's not, I'm just wearing a Henley. I'm like, got it. Sorry, mm-hmm. you're very attractive. Uh, there's that, but then again, I think the counter-argument is that I think PlayStation, though, like just wearing, you know, doing the PS1 red, green, blue symbol, right? Like, yeah. That's what it's all about. For sure. Okay. Well, no blue. You know what I mean. Uh, blessing. Well, there's blue in it. You okay. Was- Remember it on the thing, it's the, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, Blessing. Mm-hmm. We're going to jump over to a returning segment that we missed last week because we were so inundated with the Fantasy League, of course. Yes. PlayStation's greatest hits. Uh, for 10 episodes, ladies and gentlemen, we're going through and doing a segment talking about the PlayStation Game of the Year for each one of the decades. So far, we've done 2010. Uh, Blessing picked Heavy Rain. I picked Peace Walker. We did 2011. I picked Uncharted 3. Blessing picked Portal 2. Now, it's time for 2012. Uh, blessing you will go first but before you do i'll mm-hmm. lean up the competition of what we had all right this is the year of journey the unfinished swan the walking dead season one spec ops the line motherfucker dishonored borderlands 2 mass effect 3 persona 4 golden sound shapes along with wow so many more sound shapes right remember sound shapes? that's a deep cut it is a deep cut yeah welcome to ps i love you xoxo that's like the beginning of ps4 generation of like I'm going to get a platinum on all these platforms. <laughs> on my PS3, my PS4, and my Hell Vita. Yeah. Uh, and that game was pretty good. It was really good. I mean, not pretty good. My pick is Persona 4 Golden for 2012. Mm, why? It, 
it hit like it really hit me when I played that game. Um, if I'm talking about like just the game design in general, like that was the first time I played a game like that where it was like, all right, it's a JRPG, but half of it is like a visual novel where you are managing relationships and managing like all this different stuff going on uh, in your small town in Japan. And the other half of it is a dungeon crawler where you're going through these procedurally generated levels and fighting these demon monsters and um, progressing that way. As one does. As one does, right? And from a game game design perspective, I thought that was really cool and really fun and really impressive and worked way better than it should have. And I know there, there's been, there have been Persona games before this, but this is the first one I played. Um, but then, yeah, when you look at a story... You, when you look at Persona 4 Golden on a story level, I feel like when you, I feel like those characters are very easy to kind of connect to and fall in love with. Of course. Like, you know, I still, I still remember Chie's whole storyline oh, yeah. for like, you know, learning martial arts and wanting to be tough and all this stuff, right? Along with um, Naoto and um, um, Rize. Yeah, Rize is awesome. What's the, what's the one that wears red though? Uh, Yukiko. Wire? Yukiko. Yes. I freaking loved Yukiko. Um, all those characters, I feel like, were done super well, and I feel like the the core message uh, in it, as far uh, as far as like what what it's trying to be about and what it's trying to convey, you know, the whole message of being able to face yourself and face um, acknowledge your own faults or like not necessarily like bury you know the things that are wrong with you, but be able to face face them head on and 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 kind of take that all in. I yeah. thought it was super powerful and really well done. Uh, and yeah, like overall, like. This is this was the game that probably made it worth it buying a Vita for me. Oh like, yeah, I, I, this is the first game that I really like dove into on Vita, and after I beat the game, I was like, worth it. Like buying a Vita was one hundred percent worth it just to play this game. And so that's it for me. Persona yeah. Four Golden. Uh, it's the first uh, time on this we agree. I yep. put Persona Four Golden as well. Nice. Uh, I it's interesting to look back at this because I think. Especially now when you're talking about the games of the decade, right? And you're going this far back and having these conversations. And t- hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Because I'm the guy who argued and, I, and won, right? That I was like, the Vita game of the year for 2012 is Little Big Planet. <laughs> because it was like, oh, there's an unlimited l- amount of levels coming. Like, mm-hmm. and, it, and it is Little Big Planet on the go. It's a great game. But it was that thing of to get to this point now and have this conversation with you and start thinking about what 2012 game of the decade is right or for you know 2012 game is i was like oh a journey a journey i remember when we gave journey game of the year at ign what a big deal that was Mm -hmm. but then it's that thing of i love persona 4 golden i reviewed persona 4 golden you know i adore persona 4 golden and what do people still talk about you know what i mean yeah and i and i I know my office is skewed obviously because barrett's here and joey's here and they're talking about persona 5 all the time and i'm yelling about persona 4 golden and it's all these different things but i mean outside of that just in the playstation ecosystem when you think about cosplay and you think about characters and you think about what you're talking about like the reason to own a vita the -hmm. fact that this is the game that so many people still are playing on vita i still get tweets of people playing this game on vita being a part of this like this game is so special there's something in I feel like every now and then I play a game that has something special about it that I can't necessarily put my finger on. And Persona 4 Golden, I feel like, definitely has that, where, like, by the time I finished it and put it away, like, I'm still thinking about it, yeah. you know? And even today, I think about it very fondly, right? And it, it could be a combination of things. Like, the soundtrack is also probably my favorite soundtrack ever made. Yeah. Persona 4 Golden, like, those songs are incredible. They slap. They slap, right? The style of it, like, the visual, like, all the yellows and, I guess, golds, um, that the game kind of uh, implements in its UI and the way um, the way everything kind of comes together. Like Persona Five, obviously, 
capitalizes on all that and kind of takes it even further. But I think Persona 4 does a good job of being super colorful in a way that 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 fits its style and really really <laughs> establishes what that style is and goes all the way with it. Um, and yeah, like this game, I talked about this actually on one of the post shows. I think I think it was the first per- first person first post show we did for PS. I did drink a lot of champagne. <laughs> no, me too. Me too. Um, See, when I was driving in, is that the red? The P is red, and the re- it doesn't matter. Don't I was talking about the colors. It doesn't matter. I still don't understand what you're it's, talking it's, about. It's no, literally, that's the champagne. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, um, doesn't matter. Pat upon uh, you, everybody. Four golden soundtrack. Oh, on the first per- post show we did for PSLVXOXL, I was talking about how, like, this game, I played this game in, like, 2016, and it was the year that I had moved from my hometown in Illinois oh, wow. to Seattle, and I I got a job in Seattle, and I was taking the bus every day, and I played this game almost entirely on the, bu- on the bus to and from work, and that really hit home with me because, you know, Persona 4... As much as this game is about, it's also about like a, a. It's mainly about a kid who comes to a new town and is trying to settle in and get to know people and make friends and all this stuff, right? Yeah. And gets caught up in all this stuff, right? But like for me, being in a place where I was new to Seattle, you know, I was having like some struggles of my uh, of my own because like I, you know, was kind of. I don't want to make it dramatic like I was lost at the time. But, like, you know, I had, like, some personal struggles I was going I was going through. This game, I feel like, does such a good job of dealing with those themes and being like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you're you're allowed to, ha- to have issues. You're allowed to go through, th- through these issues, right? Yeah. And, like, what's more important is that you face them head on as opposed to acting like they don't exist or opposed to, like, burying them down. Right. Right. And all those things kind of fed into each other to where I was, like, playing this game on the bus and I was like, man, this game is, like, Really good, and I could speaking to me right now. Yeah, speaking to me right now, and so, yeah, Persona Four Golden, easily, easily my number one. I like, I can't even like looking at this list. Like, there's a lot of other incredible games, but I don't, I can't see one that I would say even comes close to Persona Four Golden for me. No, and that's the thing, and I think that's hindsight's twenty twenty, and you talk about the impact that games had on people, the how, the impact it's had on the industry, the fact that I mean, again, we I think this gets lost all the time that it's. A not even a remaster, right? It's a re-release of the PS2 game. It's a souped-up version yeah. of this PS2 game that I remember. Jeff, I Jeff Haynes at you know again same, same way he turned me on to Patapon, turned me on to Persona with Persona Three, and I remember loving Persona Three so much that I was like, oh man, I don't know if another one can do it. Mm-hmm. And playing this one, I was like, holy shit! When are we gonna get Persona Three on modern platforms? That's the one I want because I've never played Persona Three. Huh. I really want to play Persona Three, but there's not really a good way PSP. to play it because I don't have a PS2. Playing the PSP. I I've heard bad things about the PSP version. <laughs> I've heard people not don't like that version. People as much. are monsters. All right, can I say that right now? Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for giving me permission to say people are monsters. I appreciate you. You're not a monster, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin wants to go home and watch Batman v Superman. Uh, <laughs> blessing. Yes. Are you ready for the PSN profile of the week? I am. We ask you, ladies and gentlemen, to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can, of course, ask us questions, get the show ad-free, get the show with the post-show, have a great time. But more importantly, we ask you to submit your PSN profile for judgment. Today, Jim B. did. Jim B. submitted over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. His PSN profile is GJXLO. Since both Greg and I have 118 Platinums, oh, wow. check again, motherfucker. All right, I did some work over the weekend. Uh, it would be interesting to do a comparison. Love the show. Well, of course, using psnprofiles.com. 
the official site of spying on people's profiles. Uh, I went there and put it in. GJXLO. And what I'll first point out, of course, is that you can change your PSN name now. <laughs> you don't need to be GJXLO it's a fine name. any longer. Is it? Is it blessing? It probably has a personal meaning to them. It ha- like, what if that's Jim their- B is what his name is. He's GJXLO. What if that's like his, their like grandmother's initials or something? There's a lot of initials for a grandma. So I like, mean, uh, so again, let's go. I jump immediately to your platinums. Let's see what you got. Your most recent platinum, Uncharted: The Lost Legacy, March 2019. That was a while ago. We're coming up on a year since your last platinum, mm. sir. Jim B. Uh, then it was Spider-Man. Then MLB The Show 18. Not one I see often. Congratulations. Tacoma. Hell yeah. Donut County. Hell yeah. Super Destroy Not DX. Uh, then Super Destroy Not DX. Hell yeah. Of course, doing the Vita PS4 trick. I like where your head's at. A way out. I have that. Kevin refused to get it with me. Wait, you have that? A yeah. way out? Oh, yeah. Kevin and I did it, but Kevin didn't want the bad platinum, so he just doesn't have... He's, he, I forget what trophy you skipped. There was something to do that you didn't do. I, I logged out. Did the thing. Logged back in. That's Kevin. For, how many do you have? How many platinums you got, Kev? I got no platinums. Get I didn't want that to be my first and only platinum. Sure, that's fair. Okay, it's okay. okay though, Kevin. You don't need platinums. A way out. Fun game. Fun game. Oh yeah, I know. Kevin and I had a great time. Yeah, it got it wore thin, but we had fun. Yeah, and like I, I said, fuck like the game, Oscar. So why not? Like, I mean, people didn't hate on that game, but like, people didn't love that game either. I I feel like that game deserved a little bit more. Mm. Praise than it ended See, up I think getting. It did the it did the classic thing that indie games fuck up. I think mm. where it had a stellar first look, where that popped up. I was like, that was a Game Awards reveal, right? Kind of funny that comment slash you're wrong. It was an E three reveal, but he came back up at the okay. Game Awards because he was like drunk. Yeah, yeah, and he, he fucked the Oscars. Or not drunk, the Oscars. Well, no, I think he, he, he might have been drunk. drunk yeah. I mean, was, yeah, we're all was, drunk at the Game Awards. <laughs> he was saying honest. fuck the Oscars. Anyways, regardless of wh- where it was, the first time we saw that game, it looked, oh my God, this is incredible. Everybody loved Brothers. I didn't love Brothers. Everybody loved Brothers, so mm. they were like ready for that. And then it was that thing where by the time we got it, it was like, oh, okay, cool. This is cool, but it's not as cool as that first look look. If you have a, a fucking trailer uh, that looks insane and amazing and off, you got to deliver. Mm-hmm. And you gotta have that exact experience, and this just went on too long. That was, I don't Kevin remember I played the trailer forever. for a way out. Was it really that incredible? It. Well, I mean, it was the thing of them going back and forth, and them playing split screen and doing the whole. Th- and we were like, "Holy shit, what's going on?" Uh, and it, it didn't look anything like Brothers, which, again, mm-hmm. not no offense, looked like what you'd think an indie game looks like. Yeah, interesting. Mm. You're not interested at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just fucking say you're just a drink. Uh, then uh, other platinums here: Detroit Become Human, Near Automata. Hey, hey, hey two great platinums. Is Near tough? Tough. Uh, a lot of work or no? I, I have no idea. You can theoretically buy the platinum in that game. That was like the game that you could like spend currency uh, yeah, on. Yeah. But like you had to have a lot of currency. Yeah. It wasn't like an easy thing. Scrolling further down, Persona 5 on there. Nice. That's, that's nothing to shake a stick at. You're all over that. Then A Man After My Own Heart, Energy Cycle on PS4. Energy Cycle on PS4 using the North American and European tricks. Nice. Mr. Masaji. Hell yeah. Danganronpa 2. Okay, cool. Lara Croft Go. Shout out to... Mr. Masaji. That sounds really familiar. Which one was that? It's that weird game where you're like uh, dating people or whatever, but it's just like text-based stuff you're like moving back and forth with. All right. Yeah. No, it's it's what you think. Uh, Batman. There's a Telltale one, and you, you knew it would come up. Another Hitman. My name is Mayo on PS4. My name is Mayo on Vita. Hell yeah. Heavy Rain's in there. Another good one for you. Order 1886. Good job on that. You make any more progress on playing that? You were talking about playing that, right? The Order? No, I yeah. haven't started it, no. Gotcha. I'll probably, I'll probably get to Bloodborne before I get to order. Mm, okay, okay. I'm scrolling, trying to get all the way down. Oh, and there it is. First 
platinum of all time, Uncharted, Drake's Fortune. Oh, Second wow. platinum, Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> Third platinum, Infamous. Proud of you. I'm proud. These are good. You did good here. Oh man! Then he did all the episodes of uh, uh, Back to the Future, which didn't have a platinum and sucked. Then they re-released it, and he did it again to get the oh, platinum wow. on that. Back to the Future didn't suck. I really enjoyed. Did you beat game. it? Yeah, dude. Back to the Future episode one is amazing. And then they steadily go. Is the ending a little upsetting? Yes, because they break time. Yeah, they sure. break the entire. It's it's that's in a, canon. That's inevitable. That's right. Don't fuck with time. Yeah, no, I agree. Don't fuck with time, but also don't fuck with Back to the Future. Oh, Legends of WrestleMania in here too. Ooh, we. He's got the platinum in uh, GTA Five, which is pretty, pretty impressive. Oh, the Golden Abyss plats in here too. Well, I got to the sniper mission on uh, Crushing, and I was like, "Fuck this! <laughs> this is not worth it." Jim B, you have a terrible PSN name, but you have a very good trophy list. Everybody, go check out GJXLO. Send him a PSN message. Like, why? <laughs> Why you can change it to whatever you want, ladies and gentlemen. That is PS. I love you. XO XO episode four. Uh, remember, you should be part of the show over at Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. If you're there right now, you can watch the exclusive post show we do each and every time. Plus, you get to enjoy the enjoy the show ad free. There wasn't ads this time, but there was blessing going to the bathroom and me filling time with Kevin. What Wait, was there say? not ads? Well, there were, but I don't read them in during uh, during the episode. Oh, like for the patrons. So, like the patrons right gotcha. now, you can see what happens. Gotcha. And if you don't, then you just don't know. You'll never know. Because if you go to YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames or com, podcast service around the globe, you get the show, but it has ads. No post show. You can't watch it live like so many people are as well. Blessing. This is yep. a fun one. It was. I'm glad you were here to celebrate with me. A lot but of champagne today. Pat upon. I know. Start at good, 10 a.m. <laughs> I got more to film too today. Got to sober up. Kevin, I'm going to need 20 cups of coffee. Thank you very Same. much. No, you're going. You can keep drinking. You got nothing to do. I gotta drive home. No, we'll Uber you home. It'll be fine. You have fun. You have some shrimp Alfredo. When is the uh, street cleaning? That's Wednesday, right? Okay, I'll be fine. Yeah, that's my man. Yeah. That's my boy. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode of PS I Love You XOXO. But until then, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>